I mean, this is a fucking blowjob, right? <laughs>
River City Ransom. I'm still playing River City Girls uh, with Zion, and so having some fun with that. It's it's very different, obviously. It's funny because some of the things that, that we'll talk about as we play through River City Ransom are named the same. Like, there's definitely an Acro Circus. There's definitely a Dragon Feet. But the animation is different, you know, because they're the sprites are different. It's an updated character, whereas River City because Ransom... it was because it was made thirty years later, maybe. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, but I mean, like they kept like Alex will come back in and give you tips in his exact eight bit looking self as he is on the NES, while everything else around you is updated. It's just kind of fun and different, you know. But but they do update the moves, but they call back the the original story, which is very fun. Um, cool. So yeah, knocking that one out, and then still playing Immortals: Phoenix Rising, which is that mix of Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, and like Zelda game, but it's it's actually a lot more fun than I expected. I thought it was going to be. I actually had low expectations for this game because it seemed so much like Zelda: Breath of the Wild that I, I thought, why play it? But it's it's actually very fun. So I've been playing that as well. Um, and then Divinity Two: Original Sin. Ah, uh, oh, so good. So dude. fucking good. When I saw it, you were playing it, dude, I was like, I envious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd never played it before. Like, I bought the game because Courtney and I were talking about it. And then a couple that we know that we used to play ESO with quite a bit, um, and then we were, became friends with, we saw they were playing and they were just like, hey, do you guys want to try this game? We're like, hey, we have it. Let, let's get together and play it. So we're, we're not very far into it because, you know, there's four of us. We've been getting together. Oh, it's so and, long, dude. Playing played together so long, and I mean, I think yeah. I told you it, it like broke or something. We can't, we like broke a quest, and we we can't figure out what to oh. do next. So like, so far into it, and still not done, and never finished it. You know, but the game Dude. itself, so much fun, so cool. It, it's unique and fun. I like the the multiplayer aspect and the you know the the turn blit based play as well. It's yep. just like a fun combination of all those things at once. It just it makes it a long game, especially when we're being social and exploring and hanging out. Like it just it's it's definitely taking a while to do anything as we're learning, but it's still fun. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and it plays up the like the cooperative aspect really well. The you know, the spells, it's just yeah, it's just really well done as a cooperative game for sure. Yeah. yeah good stuff. But yeah, those are the those are the main games I'm playing outside of our uh our multiplayer Sea of Thieves adventures. Uh, what about you, Josh? What are you jamming on? I was uh, just like wrapping things up since our last talk of, uh, about this shit. Uh, I was correct about being at the final boss on Journey to the Savage Planet when we last laid down that, that episode. Nice. And yeah, so I, I had that boss battle. It was challenging and satisfying. So golf clap to the developers for that. <laughs> and uh, the, like the sequence they had leading up to it was really, really well done. Like the... I don't know, you like go down through this kind of, you know, level by le- level drop down this chasm into like the lair of the final boss. And like the, you know, I think I mentioned at different times how the game is uh, kind of the themes of the game are are, are uh, fixated on the idea. It's like it's it's a an allegory, I believe is the correct word for it, where you you're basically they're trying to. It's a play on America, on, on not America, America probably m- maybe more so than anyone else, but, <laughs> but on, on humanity's destruction, you know, it's a it's a eco friendly idea of just the idea that, you know, humanity is fucking destroying the world, which is true. And, you know, it's an idea of an alternative alien civilization that went all the way down that path 
to 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 the to the to the point of you know oh wow to the end of that path you know what i mean and the stuff the story you kind of uncover as you go through the game is this alien civilization like the 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 final boss is kind of like trying to communicate with you to tell this story in the hopes of like a positive thing but when you know you get to a point where it in the bottom where you have to battle it anyways but yeah it's just, I don't know, it's just really cool it's really well done as you drop down that 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 the 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 you know the lead up to the boss they have this kind of really well done reveal of kind of the end data points of that story it's really well done i think so yeah great right. game yeah i recommend it uh very highly actually particularly i mean you know getting a no cost game pass price point is you know no brainer yeah, i think <laughs> i have there's there's like so yeah i finished it of course and there's there's i have a mild interest in going back and tying up the loose ends on a few completionist chores there's these alien cinema video fragments you can find in uh, particular, like you, you find either like kind of monoliths and when you find them and scan them, you get like a, a super brief video fragment. I want to say there's like 12 or maybe 14 of them and I have maybe half of them, you know? So when you mm -hmm. go back to your computer at the, at the base, you can watch the video fragments on that computer and you know, I have enough, I have a couple that are like in a row and stuff. So basically they all link up and make one video and it's like some sort of, I think it's like the story or, or something. Like, I don't know what it is to be exact, but like, there's a lot, it's like kind of like a blueprinty looking thing. And it's, it shows kind of the main base and some of the clips I've seen that you, you have to kind of infiltrate at the end. So I don't know exactly what that communicates, but it's, it's tantalizing enough that I kind of want to go back and do that, but I have <laughs> yet to get around to it. And, and there is the, I I read up, but you know, immediately when I finished, I knew there was uh, I'd already clocked the DLC, and I was kind of planning on expecting to buy it. But kind of reading about it, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know if it sounds very good, to be honest with you. I think I think you go to another planet, and like a lot of the kind of the exploration and like the under. It's kind of like I said about Subnautic. I'm a little hesitant, or not hesitant, but worried about the sequel because so much of what made Subnautica cool and what made this cool was like the learning of just how to survive and be in that in in that alien environment you know and like once you figure that all out you know you're kind of just running around doing fetch quests <laughs> which is not particularly appealing so yeah uh, I, I haven't bit the bullet on the on the dlc yet but we'll see maybe if i get really bored maybe i'll go back to it uh, other than that, I was like, I wanted, I had planned on kind of jumping out of that and going to Doom Eternal on Game Pass. But when I did started down that road, I realized that they want you to sign up for Bethesda's standalone registration bullshit, and I refuse to do that. Uh, those I, those fucking cunts. I can't believe it makes me sick that they think that that's acceptable. They that have to Wait, sign you up for some. Ask that. Yeah, it makes you sign up for Bethesda's standalone account bullshit, just like the fucking basketball games do, which is also bullshit. You know what I mean? Huh. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, enough to where I don't, you know, I just don't, I, you know, it, it's doom is not appealing enough to me to make me do it. So fuck them. But the the flip side of that is my protest is knowingly all for naught though, because even if I do hold out, otherwise I will both register and hand over my kidney to play the next Elder, Elder Scrolls game when it comes out. So <laughs> you know, it's I'm kind of just putting off the inevitable too, but nonetheless I'm going to do it. 
this because I'm a stubborn <laughs> I'm a stubborn prick. So uh, I am also occasionally slipping back to the Switch to fuck with Hades, and it's fun. It's still great. Um, and and I've dabbled in the mindless button jamming of Batman, whatever it is, and Game Pass on the Xbox front on occasion too. And then lastly, so the thing I'd probably talk about the most here is uh, Dragon starting Dragon Quest Eleven, and I'm really cooking on this now for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned I'm only playing 2D, so yeah, I've thought about switching to 3D just to take a peek. But it like it seems like you like when you switch over to 3D, you have to go back in your adventure to one of the major quest data points. So you know, I, to some degree or another, I think I'll lose some sort of progress in doing yeah. it. And I just fuck that. I'm not doing that. There's no chance of that. So I yeah. definitely like I have no problems with 2D at all. I kind of just wanted to check it out. You know what I mean? But. There's yeah. no way. There's no way I'm going backwards to do it. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me when I did it because I started in 3D. Because I told you, like I was torn with that decision, but I started with 3D and loved it. But then I got to a stopping point, and then I said, "Okay, I want to switch like a save point." So I said, "All right, I want to switch to 2D." But it took me back, you know, that same thing to a major quest point. And I was like, "Darn, I got to start back from here to do." And I did it, and it was, you know, enjoyable. But it was like, man, I wish I could have just like started from this point forward and done right. like exactly what exactly. it was. Yeah, that was not. I mean, and you know, I'm I'm sure there's there's it's a complex ass game, so I'm sure there's, you know. Yeah. Uh, plenty valid reasons for that being the way it works. The idea that you can switch between a fucking completely different mode of the same <laughs> game at any point in it is kind of insane, so I'm not going to ridicule them for it but i'm not gonna fucking do it maybe after i'm yeah. done with the game i will just fuck with it just to take a look at it but it, it's amazing either way like it's fun both yeah. ways it's i mean the 2d thing it's just it's just it's incredible how well they they nailed it is just and like yeah. i don't think i ever even played an snes oh well i played mario rpg but that's kind of different that's like this isometric deal so that doesn't really feel this way but i mean i guess you know i've certainly played zelda Link to the past enough in my life, even though I've never beaten it or played it all the way through. But, you know, I know enough about it, but it kind of, I think maybe that's probably what I'm harking back to. Cause I, you know, I haven't, I can't think of like a party based top down turn based RPG like this that I've played on SNES, but maybe, I mean, it's very, you know, it's not like the SNES It's fucking uh, not, you know, it's an, been around for a long time so i'm sure i've seen whatever the point is it looks it just i look at it and i'm playing it and i'm like this is an S I feel like i'm playing an snes game just so it is just so spot on in yeah. every way graphically and just the feel of it, everything about it just feels like an snes game and it's so weird how much it makes me feel that way uh yeah. it's borderline unsettling <laughs> so right now so many people are playing it like it's it's doing so well i'm sure i'm sure i mean it's dragon quest you know fucking People have been lining up around the fucking block and not working for a week in Japan for decades every time it comes <laughs> out. So it's like clearly they good they do a good job. But so yeah, the story is fucking good. The upgrade I, I love the upgrade systems. Did you get did you get a chance to fuck the the forging stuff? Did you get a chance to fuck with that at all before you? Yeah, I did. I started with forging. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little mini game, and and they have. I mean, I've you know I'm playing the shit out of this game now. I, I just last yesterday before the fucking game started i was i was dealing with it for a while and like i had something happen that never had happened the the focus points i didn't realize that i had a limited number of total turns to execute the forging you know because you have like you have your basic you like bash it's like it's like shows you a picture like a segmented picture of the item that's kind of looks like you know it's, some things it's a little less realistic but the idea is like if you had this molted piece of steel to make a sword it's kind of like just this blob 
on the screen with little yeah. segments of it and you can bash certain segments of it and there's little meters for each segment and you have to get the idea is to get your bash meter up to the you know the there's an acceptable constraint and then a perfect in the middle of that acceptable range uh target that you want to hit and if you hit the obviously if you hit the the perfect one on all segments you get the best you can get like a plus three version of whatever you're making so you know there's like a there's it's highly incentivized to, to make it perfect and get as close to that as possible and then as you do it more and get further in the game you get little nuances that you can implement in the forging where you there's like a double whammy where you do two because like i said and, and this makes way more sense to me now that i know that i have a limited total number of of actions i didn't realize that but so i was kind of like this is a little bit pointless before when i was when i, when I was getting the new things i was like what's kind of like you know whatever but so yeah there's you can like do a double one or there's one that's like a little tiny like a halvesy you know you can do and the idea is to get eat all of them as close as possible and then you you know you finish and that that's like plunging the steel into water and and curing it you know so like you could and, and it's just it's there's a ton of different things you can make, of course. There's a million fucking options. Little accessories, too. Not even major weaponry and stuff. And then you, after you get done with them, you can redo them. Or if you have things that you buy and you have the, enough of the, the currency to rework items, you can go back and kind of punch them up and make them better. It's, just, it's, a, it's a really surprisingly engaging little mini game, which yeah. is it's just so much better. And it, has enough, and it has enough of a range of outcomes than most crafting systems that I've I've ever seen. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the, the biggest example would be Witcher, which I think is just the worst, most boring crafting system ever. <laughs> you know, uh, just way too complex. No no reason of engagement. I didn't really understand what I was doing most of the time. It's just, I didn't, you know, this was just so much better to me. Yeah, so. it's, it's funny because I love The Witcher, but like, I don't think I really got into the crafting that much. Yeah, way too complex. It's yeah. so <laughs> opaque, yeah. you know. You just have no idea what you're doing. Like everything with little jewels for each. I was, I was so like, oh, I just don't care. But this was so satisfying. Like I, when I did it, I got it like a plus one on my sword and I'm like, all right, you know, cool. But I got those, whatever it was called that you get to help, you know, try to rework, rework it. Yeah. The pearls. So I did that and I got a perfect plus three and I was just like, whoa, this yeah. is great. I want, I want more of these. Yeah. You know? Super satisfying for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's very well done, and I think you know the coolest thing by far in it is its homages to the OG games, and and I you know I only have you know the first two, and then I would say some change because I played the three a little bit to call on when I when I see these things, but there's a lot of like there's a lot of small time cool shit like identical sound cues and stuff. I think I might have mentioned it last time. I definitely mentioned it to Jab when we were playing Sea of Thieves. How the bump into the wall sound is exactly yeah. what it is in Dragon Warrior One, and that's you know like we kind of talked about how that's how we get through the swamp cave. So like the second I heard it, I was like, oh my god, that's the exact same cue, you know, <laughs> so, to have the exact same sound cue in a game made thirty years later is a little crazy to me, but very cool. And the the big thing for this on this topic is so there's this side quest and I've only I only had the first I've only gotten to the first like dabbling introduction to it but I could immediately see how it's just got it's so fucking cool and so smart and such a great way to kind of to do this because you, you can you can have these these homage kind of nostalgia things that are and they're just I don't know it's just it's too self referential it's too I don't know it's too consciously doing it that doing that like plucking your nostalgia strings you know and this is just a really cool intricate clever way to implement this but so there's a side quest where you 
you know, it's, I don't think it's part, it doesn't seem anyways like it's part of the main quest line to the main game. It seems like something you can, can engage at your own leisure and totally ignore it if you want to, you know, I don't know that for sure, but it kind of seems that way. Anyways, you meet these cute little slime things and they have a, you like get taken to their leader in this different, you go through this portal or something and you get taken to their leader and he tells you that they have a time travel problem of some kind in the, this story universe, you know, and they have, it's like this, you're doing it in this room. It's kind of like an altar room. And there's, I want to say like 12 or 16 pedestals or something around the leader guy. And he's like, each one of these pedestals represents like one of our problems, like something was taken or like, I can't think of what the exact verbiage was, but basically you have to like, as you unlock these portals, you have to go back and time travel to us and perform a specific, specific task that relates to an earlier game in the exact setting of that earlier game. So the first one, the one that I did, is you have to go back to Garenham in Dragon Warrior 1, where the Silver Harp is, that, that northwest town, you know? And you have to go into that locked room that, that, like, that takes up half the village, you know? And you have, yeah. to just, you have to just know that the whole... I mean, you know, it's, it's visible, too. It's not like it's totally as, as difficult to find, I guess, if you're not told in advance as the, as the original version. But anyways, you have to know that the back of that back wall has a hole in it, and you go through the back wall... So it's, it's totally plucking that, like, Dragon Warrior knowledge thing, you know? And you go back there, and you have to talk to some dude and or talk to some monster or something that's back there. You can't go down into the, the actual crypt, mm -hmm. but there's a monster there, and you have to go through a battle. You win a thing, you come out, and then after you... Like, when you, go, when you first go into the town, you come out of a portal, like, in the actual town part where the shops and shit are, and everything is, is, is deserted. But after you complete the task behind the building when you come back out all the the townsfolk are there you know and you know it's like a slight visual upgrade because like i said it's snes now as opposed to nes but like you can tell that they they tried to nail it you know as far as like everyone looking the same everyone being in the same spot everything being like it is in the original version of the in the original dragon warrior and they like the shit they talk about is kind of like related to the townsfolk chatter you know it's not the exact same thing but they kind of like reference the same topics and stuff that they talk about when you talk to them in dragon warrior one in the town you know? and it's, yeah it's, dude, it's just it's so fucking great and so well done dude without being like lazy nostalgia bullshit it's, it's so fucking good man it's so fucking good so right. yeah yeah i saw that and i was just like oh these motherfuckers like yeah they, <laughs> they absolutely crushed it with this game really fucking good I might have to. I might have to continue in two D then, because I was gonna just. I was gonna stay in three D, but I, knowing that, I might have to continue in two D. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think of that. Like, I wonder what that shit's like. It's you know, the idea of going through those towns of Dragon Warrior one and three D is also super appealing. Or actually, yeah, maybe I'll continue in three D and I'll just report back next podcast. Yeah, the experiences. Yeah, yeah. Try to find that just a just a decade. Yeah, I'd be like, it'd be interesting. It'd be it'd be interesting that that quest is only even available in two D. You know what I mean? Like, I there's just so uh, much that, that could be done with that. I, I'd be curious. Yeah, I would be very curious to know how the fuck it works. But yeah, and so another fucking really crazy ass wild thing in this game, dude. I guess, and I'm thinking you played long enough to at least have had this happen to you once. But for me, on at least two, maybe three occasions now. I've been asked by a young woman in this game whether I would like a puff puff. Man. <laughs> and if you if you accept, 
the screen goes black for a second, and when you come back, the tone of the conversation with the girl is always in line with the suggestion that you must feel much better now. And, I mean, this is a fucking blowjob, right? <laughs> what the fuck is this doing in the game? Why is this in the game? It's insane. <laughs> Dude, I, I actually looked that up. Like, I... <laughs> I looked it up and I'm like, what is this? And yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, it seems like something that had we played through all the rest of them, since clearly I've only played, you know, the rig- original Dragon Warrior and now this one. So I yeah, missed all. Definitely not in two and I didn't see it in three. <laughs> it seems like a thing that was like a, that became like a real thing throughout sure. the series. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you know it, it is Japanese and they don't give a shit about sexual appropriateness over there. So like, you know that is my that's my thinking that like this was in the early games pre-localization you know i'm sure it would have never made it through nintendo of america there's just no fucking way but (laughs) you know i can i can totally see it being in the early games yes in in the japanese versions and yes this being you know now that we kind of are are past that level of rigidity for u.s releases like you know we can get this little nod to comedy but it's Which I have so many because questions. it's like I'm like, is this the green stuff they're talking about? I'm like, you know, so just, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude. Well, dude, it gets even better. So I don't know if you got to this one, but one of the times I was at a spot. It actually, it's a main story point where you're where this occurs. So like, you'll definitely there's no way to miss it. So you if you haven't gotten it yet, you'll or haven't got haven't seen it yet, you will see it. But one of the times at the spa, I accepted a puff puff. And when it came back from the blackout, a man was there and the girl explained it was her father and he gives great puff puffs. <laughs> end, of, end of topic. End of topic. Moving on. Funny little anecdote about this to close it out. <laughs> I, I was playing like chugging along through the story. And, you know, RPGs are kind of like just playing an interactive movie of sorts to a point. You're just kind of going, you know. So. I get to a boss, uh, a sand dune monster or some shit, and I, I, I finally got, got absolutely waxed. And, and that was the first time that happened in my place. So it was the first time I actually died, you know. And I was kind of at a loss. Like, you know, I'd just been chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. And I was like, it, I, I died against this thing. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I have, you know, I have all the best weapons and armor available to me. Like, what the fuck am I, like, how am I supposed to deal with this? Like, that thing just crushed me. And, like, I stared at my screen for a minute, and then it just dawned on me, like, oh, yeah, I have to grind, motherfucker. (laughs) Like, this is an old-school RPG. It is not balanced like a modern FPS RPG, like Fallout or some bullshit, where they're terrified to let you fall behind the difficulty curve. You have to go out and just fight pointlessly and and get your ass in gear, you know, get your your shit together before you, you, you re- try that battle you know and i don't know it's just funny to me because like even though i'm playing an rpg rpgs aren't like that anymore you know what I mean? so it was just it was just yeah. i didn't i didn't know what to do for for a moment it was so funny to me that that had like <laughs> left my consciousness of, of of like of option sets for a video game like that's how watered down video games have gotten you know what i mean like Oh, it was it was so funny to me. I was like laughing out loud to myself. <laughs> I had a very similar experience for sure. Very similar. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I did, and then I pumble took that fucking sand monster onto River City Ransom.
was the prologue and credit roll music from River City Ransom kicking us off. We're over you. And the synopsis goes something like this. To the citizens of River City, I hold your high school captive. With my gangs of students and vicious bosses roaming the streets, nobody can stop me now. Meet my demands or else. Slick, the meanest, most powerful gang lord in River City, has issued this ultimatum. And the entire town is powerless in a grip of fear. Fortunately, Alex and Ryan weren't in school the day Slick took it over. But now, their fellow students are prisoners, including Ryan's girlfriend. It's up to our two young heroes to battle their way past several dangerous city gangs, then defeat the gang lord to free the students of River City High and restore peace to the panic-stricken populace. So there's, a, of course, a helpless female you have to acquire, and that's <laughs> very, very bizarrely sufficient motivation for both Ryan and Alex to embark on this perilous undertaking. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh... Interesting. So what the fuck kind of game is this, Jay? Tell me all about what kind of fucking game this is. <laughs> this is an action roleplay beat-em-up, of course. Classic of the times, man. The best, some would say. Some would argue the best roleplaying beat-em-up of all time. Some but would you... argue that. I might even argue that, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this baby came out in Japan on April 25th in 1989, and a less specific January 1990 is all I could find for the North American release. As far as what the fuck was going on in the world at this time, I thought this was pretty, you know, only going to be mean something to people like us who live there for a long time. But the MTA, the Subway Management Organization in NYC, stopped accepting old school tokens and moved to their Metro card swiping system in January 1990, Jay. Oh, so those mythical tokens that we heard about stopped way back then. Yeah, way back <laughs> then. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I almost find it hard to believe that they were using those swipe cards. It was probably a shittier version than what we were, what we got. What I still have in my wallet. I still have one in my wallet, too. <laughs> I'll probably never, you know, I'll never. I mean, I, I go there, and I mean, not this past year, of course, but the I go, I go there often enough, or I, I was going there often enough, even after leaving, where it, it made sense to keep one, but there's also just part of me that wants to leave it there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hear you. Yeah. So the national average for a gallon of gas was a buck thirty-four in nineteen ninety, which actually seems high. I, I feel like kind of really for what I would have guessed. But <laughs> the uh, Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins was number one in the Hot One Hundred Billboard charts on the sixth of January, and wow. Oliver Stone Tom Cruise collab Born on the Fourth of July was number one at the box office most of the month, which is a movie I kind of just have forgotten about really. Which is you know, I, I I like a lot of Oliver Stone's filmography, but uh, that's one I just kind of I don't know does not stand out to me as, as a movie. I remember even despite Tom Cruise's dumbass's presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what the hell was going on at the time. And the cover art for the game is a very realistic depiction of a couple, not teenagers, <laughs> more like TV high schoolers in a way they're way fucking older looking than is even kind of reasonable. Like what I think of whenever I see this in anything is James Vanderbeek in his late 20s in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> like that's, that's the thing I think of. He's like fucking 29, supposed to be a fucking high school senior. But whatever. And stand, so they're standing in a schoolyard ready to defend themselves with fists and a lead fucking pipe from, from an encroaching mob of, all, of also two old dudes for high school 
with with uh, a bunch of like melee weaponry. So yeah, it's not at all cartoony, which to me is kind of surprising for how stylized the in-game animation is. You know, how, like how blatant human-on-human brutality the game themes are. It kind of oh, surprises yeah. me how the key art is like not. I don't know, something a little lighter, you know. They're like, this is serious, 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 big time, except until you get into the game. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, yeah. So up top, the title treatment, uh, or up top is the title treatment, rather, and it, which is River City in a, like a pretty cursive font, and then Ransom below it in a serial killer note to the police magazine cutout letter font, which is, to me anyways, at least another allusion to real and adult subject matter that never dawned on me as a kid playing the shit out of this game, you know? Like, right, of course. How, how? Why would we know that? Like, right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, like, oh, it's colorful. Cool. Moving on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's just there's something going on there that's a little deeper than I would guess for, for something like this. Again, Nintendo America is so tight, and this is an in-house title, even you know. So, so the back panel has the already read synopsis blurb, synopsis blurb, and four screenshots that aren't at all showy, in my opinion. The the one in the bottom left does showcase a nice skyline in the background, I suppose. So. <laughs> but I, I think they could have done a little better with set pieces for the, you know, buy this thing sitting on a, on a fucking store shelf pitch, but what have you. Is there anything notable history-wise with this game? Jim? Yeah, there are a couple things that I did not know growing up as a kid. So, I mean, obviously in the U.S. it, it released and has been known as River City Ransom. But uh, it was later released over in like Africa, Asia, Europe, South America as street gangs. So just much more generic, random. I don't know. <laughs> but then I, I'm maybe ransoms are much more prevalent there, and it's it's you know much more serious than it is. Yeah. I don't know. That's a deep ass fucking hypothesis. Throwing darts. So also. It's also the third game in Techno's Kunio Kun series, which, you know, preceded by Renegade and Super Dodgeball. So, you know, you look at those games, they have similar art styles, similar themes, things like that. So, but this is the first game in the series where Kunio, who was later renamed Alex, you know, in our game, teams up with his rival Riki and who fought against Kunio in the previous game. So this is like there's all this backstory that you just don't know if you just pick up River City Ransom and be like, hey, me and this other dude are just going to go take over the high, take back the high school. That's they, what we're they, doing. They, they like that fucking former adversary turn, adversaries turned roll dogs theme. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> Dragon, Dragon Warrior, the Dragon Warrior franchise also takes that same story turn, you know, at the same time, even. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just interesting that he's Alex's name is Cunio apparently, and so Riki is then Brian. <laughs> so interesting, interesting backstory. Word. So the manual, uh, which is in the show notes as it always is, is twenty four pages with covers and it's full color throughout. So Nintendo was not fucking around with this; they spared no expense, and they dropped that synopsis blurb and the TOC on page one, and then. Page two is the controller layout at the bottom, which specifies a select button's function. Press to see how much power or money you have. And I feel like I need a select button for my own life. (laughs) (laughs) But I also totally forgot this because I had no fucking idea when we were playing two-player that I could do this. So 
I, even <laughs> though I read the instruction manual, I still don't retain all this shit, which is like, how did you not know that? Yes, yeah, super. I'm guided by that select button throughout the yeah. game. Yeah, it's funny too. Like you can't do it in the two player thing, like because you were second player, and like I would yeah. have to like, like look and check the money, dude. <laughs> like I have to do it for you, know? I don't know. It's all. It's almost kind of like I almost liked that. Not even almost. I like that. I like the idea. Like one of the things I love about couch co op is that, you know, just the need to interface real time like that outside of the game. Like it's just it's so that's so much fun, you know, for oh, yeah. playing video games to you, which is what, again why I, I I I hate the idea that it's now trendier to talk on a headset on your couch alone like that's so much less fun to me but i mean you can I mean, talk on your headset on your couch but still need to communicate <laughs> you know yeah with... but it's not the same like you know even like even where we're fucking doing it on skype and we can see each other like even that is better to me than where you're just talking with audio on the fucking xbox you know what i mean just oh, like yeah. being, able, being able to interface visually is is i don't know it's more fun because you can just you, you can I, you, more, to me a lot of the fun is the comedy and the laughter that can be had of that shared experience and <laughs> lose a ton of that without visually being able to see each other. And, you know, comedy is so conveyance of comedy is so much predicated on body language and shit. So like, you know, you, you just, there's no way to communicate that through a fucking microphone and no visual. So sure. yeah, there's my soapbox on fucking couch coffee. They, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's four pages on control mechanics following that, and each item, or each move rather, is itemized with a blurb and a full-color screenshot, and this reminded me how, like, just going through the manual before I got to the game, this reminded me how fucking cool this game is, and and also pointed out that there is a, like, there was shit I flat out did not know you could do in this game, even after all these years. Like, looking at this, it says, like, even as a kid, like, like I didn't have this, so I, I'm sure I never even had the instruction manual any of the times I played it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is so, there's, it's incredible. The, the move set they accomplished with this controller. And I have my gripes, and I'll get to those later. There's things that's not perfect by any length, but the range of shit you can do in this game with those two buttons and a D-pad is fucking insane. You know, it's really right? well done. And, yeah, how well it's done, too. Like, yeah, it's, it's not just that it's available to you, but it's, for the most part, pretty intuitive and, and well done. So, And they're reliable. Like, when I'm jump... If I want to go jump kick or do an acro circus, like... I'm reliably doing those. Yep. So the, and yeah, not all games. Yeah, we can fucking talk like Karate Kid and shit. Like jump. Like yeah, you're not like you can. It's so easy on Nintendo to, to, for that to be <laughs> poor. So yeah, they did a fantastic job with with the control mechanics in this game. No question. So cool shit that I knew, but is worth mentioning from that list of of things that you can do in the game. There's the human totem pole where you can both pick up weapons. Like both characters, I mean, you can both pick up weapons. Trash cans is a good example of this, and then one person gets on the other, holding the weapon. So like you should stand on top of the other person's trash can, and have a trash can in your hand and whack at people. You know, which is just <laughs> super fun and, and 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 cool. And there's also the home run, and that's where you can whack enemy projectiles back at them by timing a weapon swing as it reaches you. You know, so that's fucking awesome that you can have like a lead pipe and like smack their rocks back at them. It's just so cool. You know. Oh yeah. And then as far as uh, something I did not, I never knew playing the game, you can ride the tires and move around in them. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. It's weird. Like, it, it happened by accident. I'm like, oh, I forgot you could do that. <laughs> I had no idea. I saw the picture. I was like, oh, shit, that's so cool. So, <laughs> yeah, very fun. After a few pages dedicated to explaining the RPG systems, menus, stats, and shit, we get into the enemies. And there is one page explaining the various gangs you encounter and their battle tendencies. So, like, each gang kind of has a, 
somewhat of an MO as far as their attack style, you know, and there's lots of vague racism in here, as with a lot of early Nintendo games. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is, is another good example of that, but they have plenty of that in here. And there is two pages of specific boss characters with, they have little cartoony headshots for each. And the copy for these and the gangs is kind of, I would say, fairly generic. I think they could have put a little more effort into that. But uh, nonetheless, there is copy here for each one. And I suppose it could be like some of it could be used for mild strategizing, you know, but I wouldn't say any of it is specific enough to really warrant de warrant deviating from whatever works best. Like for your, like it's not informative enough or specific enough where you go, you know what? I'm like, uh, just like the Ravens, you know, they shouldn't get out of what they're doing. They should just do what they do, <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't. And they got trounced by Buffalo. So that's how yeah. always stick to what stick to what you're best at. And that, that is applicable here in River City Ransom as well. But there is a page on how much money you earn. I was telling this way we were playing for defeating the grunts and bosses, which had me thinking that there's definitely got to be some economic analysis worthy fodder in this game. When I saw that, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to find one for this for sure. And uh, foreshadowing, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a breakdown of the eight weapons you can cop with illustrated iterations of each of them. And there is four pages on locations and shops you'll find. So. This is pretty, I mean, that, again, the, supporting what I just said, like, the the economic component of this game is just mind-blowingly elaborate, you know? Like, I can't believe that this is in a beat-em-up game on the NES. All this economic shit, you know what I mean? So, Dude, there's so much you can do. Like, uh, there's, like, I've thought about replaying the game a different way, you know, because of what you can buy and what right. is possible. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's stuff that I've never even, like, I mean, yeah, you know, I've never even thought about buying. Like, there's there's shit that's so expensive. Like, you could, I'm, you know, I was looking at some of the like what some of them do and stuff, like the, that secret shop and stuff that I'd forgotten about. And like, even even outside that, like the the toy store and one, and, and I think it's Flatiron Mall or, or maybe yeah, like, like yeah, you know, there's like sixty dollar things in there that like do crazy shit for you. You know, so you can, <laughs> you could, I mean, you could probably get just in, incredibly powered up. So, I mean, it's already, you know, I had the Texas boots and the fucking dragon feet, and that's really all I needed to just destroy the back half of that game when I was playing. Oh, yeah. thing, even though we couldn't do it in two. <laughs> but, like, the idea that I could, like, get better than that from a statistical perspective and approach the end of the game. Like, I just can't even imagine how bad you could decimate those dudes <laughs> at the end, yeah. you know. So, it's almost, it, to me, it's almost, it makes it almost a negative that, you know, the what do you say the opportunity cost there of what you could gain by dumping the time needed to grind that dough together to acquire those things. Like the opportunity cost of what you get from that effort is, is probably pretty low, I think. And that kind of uh, sucks to a, to a degree, but it's nonetheless cool. That they it's there available to you if you want to do it anyways, you know? So, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it, I think it depends on how you're feeling. I and and we'll talk about it, but I I got to the point where I was grinding and just feeling so good about where I was at. I was like, man, I'm so op. Like I was just going through and just grabbing everything I could just to level up. But like if I had actually grabbed the guide and gone through and said, okay, let me make a checklist, you know, and gone through right. and got literally everything. Yeah, and that could yeah. If you if you if you went to that level of effort to like. Yes, to have literally a checklist, you could probably find some fun in that too. So I agree about yeah. the completionist potential for that for sure. 
Yep. So anyways, there are three types of shops you find in the mall areas in the game. There is there are takeout, there are eat in, and then there are some where you can do both. And the take takeout items are items you can buy and use later from your inventory. And then there are eat in items that are immediately consumed and enacted in the shop that you're at. And then some have both where you can choose. There's not many. There's only a couple of them, but that is a, a cool option in some of the later shops. And the actual shop list, there are bookstores, which are takeout, and they have expensive skill books. There's a co there's coffee shops, dine-ins, inexpensive buffs and shit, bread shops, takeout, cheap takeout buffs. There are drug stores. And this is a suspect copy that, that, had, that I had to read <laughs> from this section here. It says, this shop can really help when you're low on stamina. The owner says, recharge, really gets you. The owner says, recharge, and it really gets you going. So it seems like they're selling more than over-the-counter substances here is kind of how I felt about that. Like there's nothing <laughs> at an actual drugstore that gets you that fucking, you know, balls to the wall. So that was a fun little thing I thought of and noticed. And there are fast food stores, which have both types of items, I guess. And that's like the chicken stand or whatever it is and the, the chicken shop or whatever in the, the the last mall there and then there's sushi bars which you dine in and then there's the, sh the shoe shop which you can take out with various shoes that benefit agility so there's yeah a bunch bunch of different commerce options in the game and the tricks are listed and explained which we covered in depth in the mag app but there are stone hands dragon feet grand slam fatal steps acro circus and javelin man We'll talk, um, you know, more about those in the game, of course, or in the in the playthrough section. And lastly, there's a page titled "Plain Hints," closing shit out. And there, you know, these are always interesting to me. Like sometimes they're super helpful. And you're like, holy shit, I never, even, you know, I played this game all my life and never do that. And then sometimes there's just like really vague, useless shit here. <laughs> and in this case, it's it's more the latter. I think there's not. Yeah, it's not. I would even say it's necessarily a specific direction. It's like really ambiguous suggestion to take your fucking time and, and, and try shit out in the game, which is kind of like yeah, common sense. It's how you play any game. So I, I kind of felt that way too. And then I will say the third hint did help me because at one point, and we'll get to it. One point I was kind of just like approaching this as just a beat em up because it had been so long since I played it, you know, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on this game and just start smashing some bad guys. And it was kind of, reminding me to check my status fre frequently and so that's when i actually started going to that status screen and looking like oh this is my kick this is my punch this is my willpower all right you know and then you know trying to pay attention to what i was using. <laughs> yeah yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 trying to like you know yes the the idea of going through the game and like yes very like targeting a skill set and using that, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's still an NES game and there's only so much advantage I think you can gain by trying to do that, but uh, it is, it is a fun way to do it. And certainly allows for at least a heightened level of role play relative to what you can get from an NES beat em up for the most part. So yeah. And I don't know that I would have done that as a kid. Like, I don't know that I was oh, looking no, at, no way. at no status way. screen with the numbers and be like, Hmm, I want to get my agility up. Like, I don't think I was looking at it like that, you know? No, no kid is yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It says here to try to do many tricks. You could find a new trick that nobody else knows. And oh. I saw that and I was thinking, like, can you imagine there being such a thing in 2021? Like, everybody <laughs> knows everything before the game is even out. You know what I mean? Like, it's already right. got its own wiki with everything that could ever be known about it, you know, before it even hits the fucking, uh, I almost said store shelves, but that's not correct, of course, before it hits the digital <laughs> download platform. So, you know, it, it's just, I don't know, the idea, and, and I also, it also begs, uh, begs the question, like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, are there moves that are not in that, like, elaborate-ass list with the pictures earlier in the manual that we right. don't know, you know? 
Like are I there moves that I've never done before? Right, no. exactly. Oh, you know, like I, I don't know. Like I question the validity of that. Whether there is anything that's possible. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual verbiage from the section you were talking about too. It's like it says try anything. Like you can make your own exciting game. <laughs> Which is yeah. anything may be possible, but don't forget you'll have to be strong. And it's, uh, it's a little bit broken Englishy with that one, but it's it's pretty still a fun little close out to the manual. So, as I mentioned, I did cook up a not too elaborate economic analysis. So let's fucking plod through that now. All I right. decided to go with the conversion rates from Japanese shop costs to the U.S. release. So. Oh, okay. yeah, I noticed this. Yeah, when we were after I played the game and I was kind of doing a little bit of research about the shoes or something, I noticed on the strategy wiki website that they had they listed the prices for both the Japanese version, downtown Neki or whatever the hell it is, and Nakesu or something like that is the name of the game, and then the US version represented ransom. So I saw the disparity and I was like, I wonder how aligned that would be or is rather was to the actual conversion rates from us dollar to japanese yen at the time you know like did was there did they you know basically the hypothesis is that they perhaps tried to rake us uh gamers over the coals <laughs> you know uh relative to what actual market value was for the things you were buying so that was my hypothesis here so going into it uh, as far as the, the absolutes i decided to go with april 25th 1989 the japanese release date as my conversion rate date thinking that was probably closer to the developer conversion rate intentions than the january 1990 u.s release date you know what i mean so like whenever it came out in japan is when they would have started porting it to the u.s kind of my logic there so from that date the closing yen rate for one u.s dollar was 131.36 so yes miyagi that is that is a lot of yen you're right so <laughs> <laughs> so to give some context some u.s pricing at the time via the farmer's almanac a car cost this is again on uh, april in 89 the uh, a car cost on average 12 grand an average house price was 100k stamps were still a quarter which is like it's weird like i think of when i think of stamps being a quarter that's like it was it was that price for a long enough time and a specific part of my childhood enough where I don't know that to me is always what a stamp should cost <laughs> like trying to get a stamp and paying an exact quarter for it and like you know anytime you had to mail something that that required more stamps doing it in quarterly increments there's just something about that USPS phase <laughs> that is very significant <laughs> to me I don't know what it is but anyways gas was a buck 12 a gallon and you could score a loaf of bread for 61 cents. So that's just, wow. again, yeah, some context of, of, of what a U.S. dollar bought you at the time. So, or what 131.36 yen bought you at the time. Although those are U.S. prices, things could have very well been different in Japan and probably were, I should say. But anyways, with that all in mind, it looks like Technos of Japan was really trying to hose its U.S. gamers for sure. So, so, <laughs> so Dragon Feet is priced at 26.95 U.S. dollars in the game. And Mock Punch, which is the Japanese release counterpart of that skill book, was 3,000 yen. So if you do 2695 converted to yen, it's 35, four, like 3,540 yen. And relative to the 3,000 sections in the game, that's an 18% markup. And then the Texas boots are 99.95 US dollars. And they're simply boots in the Japanese version of the game. And they're 12,000 yen. So 
you convert 99.95 by way of the 131.36 conversion rate, it's 13,129 yen. So that's a 9% markup. So oh. nine, 9 to 18% range there on, on markups for a couple of different products. And the last one I looked at was Karma Jolt. And that is 1525 US dollars in, in River City Ransom. Whereas the Japanese comparable Turtle Power costs, <laughs> costs 1500 yen. And I think that's a very interesting choice in Turtle Power for the name. You'd think that is a nod to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, particularly given the time period we're talking about here. They were fucking hot, hot, hot. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised even that they, you know, I don't know. Surprised that, again, I think it just kind of points to. Nintendo of Japan being exponentially less uptight <laughs> than Nintendo of America, you know, just in a million. For, you know, probably, uh, I don't know what the legislative or the kind of the, the, the Sioux culture is in Japan, but I guess it's not as uh, vibrant as it is and has always been in the U.S., you know. So anyways, the 1525 converted to via the exchange rate is, is 2003 yen so that's a 34 percent markup for turtle Whoa. power so yeah so making us over the coals yep pretty fucking significant I, I think our takeaway here is yes clearly that the technos peeps chose to marginalize alex and ryan on a nationalistic reasoning and that to me is very wrong playthrough of river city ransom and we start with the title screen how weird this fucking game is starts right here at square one <laughs> so <laughs> you turn on the machine and you get a quick technos japan corp presents on a black card and then instead of going to a title screen you are presented with a menu requesting you select one or two player and then which of the two character sprites alex or ryan you'd like or how you'd like to divvy them up in the case you're playing two players and then you can also, which I didn't, you know, there's no illusion, like, you, there's no way to know unless you just happen to hit the select button. <laughs> you can go to a naming screen to name the characters something different other than Alex and Ryan, which is cool and fun, but it's super weird that it's not, like, a menu option that you can choose so you know it's fucking there, you know? It's like that, the, the whole conversation we had during Altered Beast, when we were looking at Altered Beast, where you... You know, there's no the, the the game options are like a you have to hit like a weird ass key sequence in order to en enact it. You know, like there's no <laughs> there should be a menu for that so you know it's there when you turn the game on. You shouldn't have to like I don't know read the manual to know that that's a possibility. But and right. honestly, I don't remember seeing that in the manual. Even, so you know, no, I didn't see it in the manual. I didn't know it either. Like I did the same thing. I I was having like I was basically almost done with the game until I was looking at something else and heard that that was a possibility. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so that's the first thing you encounter, and even this, like, it's letterboxed with black bars on the top and bottom of the screen, and I know, you know, there's there's a possibility that this was not uh, an allusion to CinemaScope 235 to 1 aspect ratio, you know, mm. but it certainly looks that like it, it could certainly be construed that way. Like, it could just be that that's where they put the menus in the, in the, the or the, the dialogue box and the status 
bar up top, you know, but I don't know. I have to, I have to, I believe it's, it was a conscious decision personally. So, so that's going on. So that's kind of like its own unique look too. They're trying to make this and give this a, a cinematic feel, you know, if that were the case. And then there's a second menu screen where you pick a message speed and skill level, novice or advanced are the two options. Not, uh, what'd you say for Double Dragon 2? Master fucking, (laughs) master (laughs) bitch or... Norman Supreme Master. <laughs> yeah, Supreme Master. Like, wow, that's quite a quite a divide there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, normal. Normal and then the Apex Predator version. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it's much more simplistic here in the option set. But that is followed by a text card with the a slight variant of the manual box synopsis. And and it's got a, a PS tacked on at the end of it, too. Says Alex and Ryan, if you interfere, you'll be in for the the fight of your lives, and it's signed Slick, which is not in the synopsis in the manual in the box. So then, only then, <laughs> do we get the <laughs> pixel art rendition of the title treatment on a card you'd normally get at Power On before cutting to the start of the game. You know, so they like the the fact that all that shit comes before the title card is just completely different than how. I don't know, 99.7% of NES games go, <laughs> you know, which is, I don't know. Like I've, I've certainly have no, no problem, no qualms with doing things outside the box and being unique, but it's just a very interesting choice. You know, I felt, but it's so odd. Like it, it's jarring at first. You're like, wait a minute. Oh, now we get the, the title card. Like after you make all those choices and then you get it, it's kind of just like, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, they get you just immediately getting you like, I don't know, you know, off your, off your spot. <laughs> you go into a little, little fucking, I don't know, um, less stable than you approach the beginning of a, of a normal game. <laughs> but anyways, I went with Ryan, by the way. I like the little shiny thing in his hair waves. It reminds me of how I used to do my hair in like third, fourth, or fifth grade. <laughs> uh, what did, which guy did you use for your one player? Oh, man, I didn't change. I didn't even know I could change it at first. I just hit, you know, start and just, you know, went with him copy that and so yeah the game starts and then we'll you know just get into talk about the controls and the hud before we we start talking actual gameplay and when it cuts from that title screen to you're standing in front of crosstown high school and you are informed this is the frat guy or i was informed this is the frat guy's turf so they immediately tell you that you're going to be in different turfs (laughs) and like and maybe you know i'm a psychopath i'm probably actually a psychopath i should say but i noticed and appreciated that they had the apostrophe on guises to note their possession <laughs> which to me pointed out that they're not fucking around on copy translation throughout this game, you know, that i also appreciated and noticed uh, throughout so that was cool and you know immediately a grunt comes barreling at you from off screen right incentivizing you to acclimate your to yourself to your control set <laughs> you know which is good that's a good that's a good way to handle the start of a beat-em-up i think like let's fucking go you know so B kicks, A punches, you can do both of these on a jump, which is initiated by hitting both buttons simultaneously. And uh, this is relatively well done, I think. And you can run by double tapping whichever direction you're facing in the D-pad. And this is probably hands down the shittiest control mechanic in the game, I think. <laughs> you know, it makes like, sense. It totally yeah. makes sense. But it just... I understand. It's limited, it's limited in options. opportune times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have limited options. It's just... 
yeah, it's just like I get that like it it could certainly have been done done worse, no question throughout. But uh, this definitely pisses you off many times while playing the game. And I mean, honestly, even maybe I'm just old, but sometimes an ultra quick double tap of the D pad just doesn't work out. <laughs> like you know, you think you want to do that, and then you don't do it, and then you don't run, and then that's not good <laughs> for whatever reason you were trying to run. You know what I mean? So. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, in both directions, it can fuck you. Cause you can also, like, if you're just trying to inch your way towards something. Yes. You, yeah. You will often unintentionally start running and then get fucked in one way or another. And that it, it can be, I mean, that was probably the thing, you know, I mean, anytime we play a video game, you're going to hear me cursing out loud, very loud. But I think that's probably the thing that made me do it the most in our, in our two player co-op bit. <laughs> I feel like in all of these retro games like there's always some control that's usually like all right we wish this was different but what are you going to do that's def definitely the thing in this game yeah. otherwise it's like great controls but that one thing when you think you can kind of inch along or something but instead you double tap and barrel into a wall and lose your life <laughs> yeah. and then the fact that that hurts you uh, the way it does you know like they could have they could have metered that i think without you know, without you know, if it, that shouldn't have been so punitive. Like, I think even logically, that's that should be not as punitive. Like, if you run into something on your own accord, you would inherently pull up a little to reduce the damage it would do to you. <laughs> you know, even if you were stupid enough to be running into things in the first place, the, <laughs> you would you would still pull up a little bit before impact to where it would not hurt as bad as if you were hit by someone intentionally trying to harm you. Which is, it's the same thing as far as. I think anyways, I mean, you can't really see the, you know, the, the damage thing. We'll get into that in a second. Like your life meter is a little bit opaque. It's not numeric or anything. So I don't know if it was exact as far as how much damage it does to what maybe some of the grunts do, but either way, like it, I, I just think they should have found a way and, and probably could have found a way without too much trouble of making that a non punitive thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. At least, you know, if you want to fucking have them fall down fine, but like to actually take damage from it sucks. So, you can pick up weapons with either button and then throw them with B or whack with them with A. And chains and brass knuckles are immediately presented to you by these first frat boy grunts here. And I didn't realize yet that you know, these gangs can change. So, but that's like that's one of the things too that differentiates the gangs between each other. Weaponry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each one has their own kind of uh, weaponry set, which is is a cool nuance. But. There are more complicated things you can do besides those, but that pretty much covers the bulk of your basic move system and or set rather. There is quite a bit of vertical bandwidth on the play area, so utilizing kind of the eight bit beat 'em up tactic one hundred one is available, you know, and at your disposal, where you you kind of you stay in the horizontal plane or off rather the horizontal plane of an enemy as you approach, then dropping down or hopping up onto their plane to engage when you're pretty much already on top of them, you know what I mean? And you can just start whacking right away. So they have no opportunity to hit you, and you hit them before they have a chance to engage you once you are within range of their attack. So you can definitely do that a lot here. It does, you know, the the movement patterns and the... You're never... You're, you're usually not dealing with more than two sprites, enemy sprites on the screen at one time. They always kind of stagger them to... I assume the decision with that was to reduce flicker and shit, you know, but... You still find yourselves, they, they move in a way where you can get yourself into some shit, and it's certainly not cake to get through this game, especially once things get harder, you know. The, the enemies get a little faster and more dangerous. But For the HUD, you have a life bar at the top of the screen, and it's definitely not just one hit per bar. 
at, at least yeah, I played on the novice difficulty is what I chose. So maybe that changes on advanced, but I was unable to really discern exactly how the life drain goes without like, I mean, I'm sure I could have sat and done a, done like a really lengthy experiment, but I wasn't going to devote that level of bandwidth to it. So I was kind of not really able I mean, did you notice any sort of like discernible system as to how that worked your life drain? Not at all, man. It's so confusing. You get punched once you might not see any movement. Then you get a second punch and you lose like one or two, you get a kick. You might lose three. It's like, how does this work? Does it stack? Yep. Like, I, I don't understand. Yeah. And sometimes you get up and get life back and yeah, I'm like, is there a skill that I bought that like gives me that life back sometimes instead of just dying? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how that works either after playing the shit out of this game for the last week. You can bring up a five-option menu at the bottom of the screen with the, start, with the start button. And the options here are belongings, and that's your inventory, which I think... I want to say it holds eight items. And when you get, like, the skill books and stuff that you have to equip, those stay active as one of your inventory options. So as you kind of deck out your character with skills, you can drastically reduce the amount of food items and stuff you could use out in the field for getting health back and stuff. So that's kind of one downside to building your character out with skills. And there is, you can get a password here and you can get your password at any time in the game, which is kind of wild, you know, uh, the, <laughs> this flexibility, unfortunately is paid for by the complexity of the password though. I don't know if you, did you take a look at the password screen? No, I didn't even try it just because <laughs> you know, I, there's no real need nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of fascinated by, by the password system of these older games. The idea of them at all is kind of insane. Now it's such a, like an antiquated concept that I just love to see like how far do they go with the complexity of it? And like how <laughs> I, I just like to think of how much it would have sucked as a kid to sit and try to write it down <laughs> and then also re input it when you turn the game back on. But yeah, so this, this one is a 66 character alphanumeric upper and lower case with no missing cues or eyes. So like, you know, sometimes Oh. Yeah, 66 characters, which, you know, it makes total sense because we talked about the, like the elaboracy of the commerce, like the, the different items and shit that you could potentially have in your inventory and the different statistics you could have for your character oh, status screen wise, like are so varied. So like, I totally get it, but still sucks. <laughs> you know, the idea is like, and then the fact that you could, that this kind of game had a continuation feature at all is, is cool. They could have easily made this a one and done sit down and play game. And I don't think anyone would have freaked out. So, you know, the. The, the option is nice if you choose to engage it, but I still can picture sitting down as a kid and looking at that and just going, ah, fuck, and no question. <laughs> there, there, is, there is just a, a long line of children that fucked up this code and lost their game and were very sad, probably t some many to tears. <laughs> you know, sure. after, after all the grinding you can do in this game to lose that grinding, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I would have a notebook next to the Nintendo with, like, passwords on it. Like, this is, yeah, not a password you would want to lose. Like, it just, it's funny, <laughs> it's how much different it would be nowadays. Like, even n current generation systems aside, like, even if you still had the current technology of everything else, like, you could just take a picture of the password with exactly. a phone. Yeah, dude, my, my recent camera roll is full of eight and 16 bit password screen pictures. <laughs> like, like I have Echo the Dolphin in there. I have my Bases Loaded 2 season. I have my Simon's Quest game. I have, uh, there's at least one or two more in there for sure, you know? So yeah, you're absolutely correct. Like, yeah, for sure. <sighs> so yeah, would have been super brutal to write down in or enter, but they do at least drop a, a really nice mellow music track here 
to keep you from blowing your top while dealing with the password complexity. <laughs> You can also, from the menu, choose level, and this allows you to change message speed and difficulty at any time, too, which is nice. And you have a status option, and this has all the attributes we've kind of talked about loosely a little bit already. The punch, kick, weapon, throwing, agility, defense, strength, willpower, and stamina. And stamina is your life, and you get an exact number here, at least. So if you wanted, again, if you wanted to conduct some science experiments, you do have an exact number to work with. Please do email us at isohpodcast at gmail.com if you work <laughs> out the system of this. Which, oh my god, I can't ever going to tell you this. So I was talking to that Matt Gould dude uh, via oh, yeah. about some bullshit. Uh, the, the, I, I do these Mad 92 scouting report comparisons of the actual games the Bills play every week. And like I, I, I do, like I basically, it's kind of like my assessment of how the teams match up, you know, my own personal assessment. And then I put it into the scouting report screen that you would get before you played a game of Madden 92, you know, of the two teams next to each other with the check marks. So <laughs> I posted that one of the Baltimore and I called because Baltimore was not a team in 1992. So there's no Baltimore option, you know? <laughs> so I took Cleveland and called it Cleveland light. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> they moved to Baltimore, became the Ravens uh, a couple of years later, you know, ninety what six I think that was. So he got a, he's a Browns fan, got a big kick out of that. So he we were bullshitting about shit, and he mentioned that he really appreciated that we had cracked the code on the NES top thirty in Nintendo Power. <laughs> <laughs> he was very appreciative. So. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, if, if anyone out there also picks this one apart, we're not going to do that one. But by all means, email us with, with that, and we're happy to share it on the pod here and talk about it for sure. <laughs> so anyways, I did some poking around trying to understand these more, the statistics, and found a really interesting blurb while doing so. So willpower is more important than stamina. While stamina lets you absorb hits and continue fighting, willpower lets you get up with 20 stamina following a knockdown at zero stamina. So this is kind of what we were just talking about. It's a little bit of an explanation of it. So the, the, it's that gasping for air animation. Yeah. That, yeah. So when, when that happens, that they and, and it's kind of cool little thing too. The bosses won't attack you while you do that. So that's a very polite choice by the bosses in the game. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So while you're doing that, you can get life back, I guess, if you have the right number. So if you, so anyways, the, it, it basically the thing I was, the little tip I was reading was saying that you should buy items that give you a lot of willpower which the things that suggested that are the best values are the donut, the lamb leg, and then the sauna, which I mentioned to you when we were playing the two-player co-op. But the sauna was a really good value. It's like 350 for what it gives you. And also a, a super nice return on life, too, for the sauna. But that was a fun little thing. And then there is a help option in this menu, which is an in-game explanation text of the menu options. And it's all very well written. The copy is very well done. And you don't see this in NES games ever, which I thought was just, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's like commonplace in modern games, but you never get an in-screen like help dialogue. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. That, that was here. So again, Nintendo not fucking around with this game. 
So into the game, you start, yes, in front of Crosstown High School. And it, it's an open gate of what I would say a good-looking institutional structure. <laughs> 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 Though most of what you actually can see of it is just, other than what you can see through the open gate, is just the yellow wall out front. And I got, as I mentioned, some basic frat boys in their salmon-colored polos coming at me here. And chains and tires are the weapons I saw mostly out of them for the frat boys. Which, you know, I don't remember any of our boys having chains or tires. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> in college, yeah, thankfully. I don't know. I guess I didn't, I didn't hang out with all of them. Maybe some of them did. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, I, w- I was quickly reminded of one of the most frustrating things about this game. And that was the dickheads barreling at you in from off screen at full speed and punching you before you can even get your shit together. You know, like if you're, oh, if, yeah. you're if you're hanging out too close to the edge of a screen. Yeah, those those fuckers will just run like they just run in full speed. It's almost like it reminds me of Arch Rivals, where they're like, they, just, they just like run in with their fists drawn back and just blam right in your fucking head before you even can turn around and deal with them, you know? So, or you might see a whip come flying at your head. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they'll throw shit at you from off screen too, which is yeah. that's also funny. That's a, I think that's a double dragon problem too. So that's, that must be a technos <laughs> a technos tactic. You know? Totally a tactic. <laughs> yeah, and on the same subject, you could yeah you you take damage and go down when you run to like. Yeah, when you it, it, like, so if you like some of these, the way the map works, sometimes you run off the actual edge of the screen. Like, say, like that first section of the school, you like, you just run straight to the right. And then when you hit that, you go to the next screen. Now, the problem is not every area works that way. Sometimes there is a northbound exit and you can't go any further to the to the right. You know what I mean? But you can't always tell that it doesn't always look like it's a end, like an, a, a dead end. So you can just be tearing ass across a level thinking you're going to, if you don't know the game by heart and thinking you're going to try to proceed to the next area by, by way of running and just fucking run head first and do what is, I guess, essentially a brick wall and you take damage and whatever, you know? So that is another thing where the run mechanic like can really fail you you know the fact that there's no there should be something there visually that cues you that you know so you know but oh yeah that would that would be the worst if you thought like especially during my first playthrough when i wouldn't know because i didn't really use the map as much as i thought i would like at first i was like yes let me grab this map and go for it but really i was like now nah, let me just try to like play it and I, i'll look at the map if i need to and so there were a couple times the first when i wouldn't notice that the northbound exit was the way to go and I would just run and yep. just smack right into the edge of the wall. Like, come yeah. on, man. Like that's messed up. Yep. And especially if you're, you know, the 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 most likely time you're going to be running to the edge like that, if you're not just like trying to quickly get somewhere or doing some backtracking or something, is if you're trying to escape because you're you know, low on life and enemies are, uh, you're at risk of dying, you know? So you're trying to get the hightail it out of there, you know? And clearly <laughs> that's the last thing you want to happen with that mindset is <laughs> to just <laughs> senselessly lose more life, you know? Uh, very frustrating. Very, very I wonder if that was a purposeful dev- design choice so that people learn quickly to not do that and to just deal with it and fight. Like, I wonder if that was like, maybe. Yeah. And honestly, you know, cause it, yeah, you, you know, we'll get to that part of this, but you know, the, if you, you know, 
even when I was first playing, dude, I was like, I don't even need to fly. Am I even fighting these guys? There's no point to it. And then, like, I got half of the game, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you just skip shit, you can fuck yourself royal in this game. You already got to do some dumb backtracking, even if you don't do that. But you can really fuck yourself by just trying to tear ass through things and not being thorough. So, you know, that's, that's very possible. Yeah, that's not a bad theory that, you know, they were trying to curb you from doing that with some of this stuff. So you actually can finish the game. <laughs> yeah. And another little fun thing here that I clocked pretty early on was you get little dialogue blurbs from each of the grunts when they get fragged. You know, most of them are, are yelling for their mama or something, at least with the frat boys, which is kind of fun. And that's kind of a thing, too. Each each gang has their own style of kind of like death call, <laughs> you know, which is pretty fun. So you move on from that school area to Sticksville is the, the next area and it, I had more frat boys there and I'd peg this as looking like kind of a, a more like a residential alleyway kind of look to it you know yeah. and I would die here for the first time which is pathetic in, in my opinion to die that early but but uh, I, I would chalk it up to, to my constantly stopping and taking notes for the pod is how I would I would justify it but on respawn this basically got me to the, the point of this being getting, getting me to the respawn mechanics so on respawn you go back to at the beginning here, you'll just go back to the high school. And this is how I actually clocked that you get the different gangs. Like, it, it's random. Like, it's not, you know, like, gangs don't have their own specific turf. It randomizes what gang you engage with in each area. You know what I mean? So on Respawn, which took me back to the high school in this case, if you later in the game, if you, it basically takes you back to whatever mall you, you most recently, whatever mall won back that you most recently passed through. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. Uh, but in the beginning, yeah, it takes you back to high school. So yeah, so I, I, I was, I was dealing with the generic dudes on my second run through at the high school. So, you know, I don't know, like that was something I definitely had no idea of as a kid playing this game, that it was not specific to each area having their own set gang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially I'm, because yeah. the bosses are, which is weird. Yeah. You know? I'm pretty sure I thought the same thing. Like they definitely are specific to these certain areas, but yeah, I noticed that when I died after the first, cause I think the first time I died was after I passed that first mall. And I remember going back and then starting to grind when I had the same realization, like, Oh, I need to grind and started grinding there. I realized all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, these dudes are, have different color shirts. This is a completely different gang. Like yeah. I, it, it just, yeah. Yeah. Give me, I mean, you know, honestly, I, we play these things like it's, you know, we're trying to make a podcast here that's somewhat cohesive and has structure to it and maybe is entertaining. Who knows? But, but at least has some structure to it at the very bare minimum. <laughs> so like I, that, when that happened, I started thinking, I was like, I mean, that's one less thing worth talking about for each of these areas. Like, what the fuck are we going to, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> for this game? Like, what is the, what, how are we going to fucking make a podcast out of this? But uh, I guess we shall see how it goes here. <laughs> so yeah, when that happened, when I noticed that, and it was just random things, or random gangs, I was like, fuck this. And I just started running away from enemies. This is what I was, yeah, I was like, get through Sticksville <laughs> to the first shopping center. I was like, fuck this shit, man. Like, I don't need to, why even am I engaging these guys at the random? I've already dealt with this. So, like, so, yeah, I was like, the only thing I was thinking, I was like, the only downside to this is like not getting the dough, but whatever. If I want to grind, I'll grind. Like, that's what I was thinking. And yeah, I would be reminded later this assumption was drastically incorrect. <laughs> I, I was I was going along fine, and then I just like I said, once I got past that first shopping center, I just started dying. Like I was, I had like such strong nostalgia feelings that I was like, all right, I got the money, let me just grab Acro Circus, and I just, it just like it's a great move, but 
it didn't really help. It, it didn't keep me within my battle. So I was still dying. I was like, dang on it. What am I doing wrong? And it was like that point when I found out when I realized, oh yeah, I need to get stronger. I need to save up money and buy all these other skills. And then yeah, game yeah, changer. Ac Acro Circus is definitely not the one to start with. <laughs> well, like I forgot, you know, like as I just remember that being such a cool and different thing and loving it as a kid that like logically it was just like, oh, I need that. And then I realized, wait, that's not what I should have done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And yes, yeah, so that gets us to our first shopping mall instance, which is the Grotto Mall. And these areas are like they're without threat of any gangs. It's just women and children walking around, which is probably something that would catch a little heat in video games these days. I think if the malls were just women, <laughs> and it's not the first time they'll make this kind of degrading illusion either. There's an instance later in the game where there's they kind of very specifically suggest that uh, all women give a shit about a shopping. But <laughs> you 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 cannot jump or attack in these areas, which. Kind of prevents like the thing I thought about when I when I clocked that and 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 kind of analyzed it a little. It prevents indulging in the timeless NES pastime of abusing innocent bystanders. You know, <laughs> like the yeah. idea that you couldn't even like, even if it wouldn't let you land it, which I doubt. You know that that's usually the case. The idea that you could at least punch at them and get that your weird little uh, childhood uh, Ill, 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 misguided aggressions out, <laughs> you know, is kind of a bummer i think as far as functionality goes but i feel like there must have been a limitation with not hitting other characters because you can't even in the two-player mode you you hit each other you know what i mean like there's no way to not hit each other and we know that in other games that they make like there's there's versions you know like in double dragon there's like a version that you can a b yeah where you can yeah. turn it off right yeah where you can turn it off so the fact that it's not present here it makes me think that with all the other RPG complexities built in, that maybe that was just kind of too much this time. You know what I mean? And that's possible. Just completely turned all, off. Completely although even. I bet you, you know how we could get to the bottom of this very easily, dude, is What's look that? up the Game Genie codes. And if there's a Game Genie code that lets you do it, it means it's just an integer that they didn't want to change. So, mm. you know, that, that'd be that'd be a really easy way to get to the bottom of that, that uh, question. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's possible. I also I, I kind of feel like, you know, I think I would probably guess that it was more of a deliberate choice that mm. like that is part of the built in difficulty of this game, especially because, like we said, you know, even in the, the two player game is no different in that you still are only dealing with two sprites at any one time, you know, so they're usually grouped together. They're usually like that's kind of like the uh, attack difficulty ramp up is often kind of how the two dudes you're dealing with at any given time interact with each other and try to approach you and and, and get you you know off your spot again so like you know their, yeah. their attack mechanic is usually some sort of tandem thing where they're trying to you know get one go around the back of you while you're dealing with the one you know what i mean so like the idea that those guys are usually gonna be grouped together and then in turn the two of you if you're playing two player also have to get in the same vicinity I mean, we, you know, we did it a million times where we're just trying to, like, we think we got it lined up properly, but nope, we clobber each other. You know what I mean? So, like, that could have just been part of the planned difficulty, too, especially of two players. Because otherwise, there's no scaling of difficulty, really, I don't think, for the two players. Like, the, you know, the again, they don't send, they don't send more gr people at you grunts. So the only way to make it more difficult is, and not just drastically easier, is if you can do damage to each other, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, makes sense. So these 
areas have cute little stores with colorful awnings and they have like little newspaper vending machines out front and shit, which is pretty cool. And each, each store or each store type kind of has its own facade as far as like what's in the windows and shit, which is cool. And as far as the shops go in, what is it? Grotto mall here. There are four and there is the rise and shine cafe, which is dine in. It's mostly stamina boost and shit. And there's the Metro bakery, which is also dine in, but has, and rather has mostly stamina boosting shit with an additional attribute buff. So like stamina plus kick or punch or agility or something. And then there's the sushi bar, which has a huge list of options that are broken up into three separate menus. And I believe some are takeout and some are dine in. You know, they have a cheaper sushi option, an expensive sushi option, and then rolls. <laughs> so um, that's pretty fun and elaborate. And then there's the Grotto Bookstore. And this is our first instance, yes, of the skill books. And the ones on offer here are Stone Hands, Dragon Feet, and Acro Circus. And they are all $26.95 a pop. So, and this is kind of what I suggested we do, and we did do, is just at the beginning, you're kind of, in, I think, inclined to just grind in this very initial area here and, and get all three of these, you know, because I, I, I would call all three of these essential to gameplay. Like, without them, you're fucked <laughs> later in the game. Yeah. So, there's no reason not to just, you can get them later, like, the Stone Hands and Dragon Feet are basically in every bookstore, I think, in the game. So yeah. you always have those available to you at any mall, but the other ones are usually unique to whatever mall you're at, you know? So if you don't get them here, you won't be able to get them later. So you should get them here, you know? Yeah. If you don't get Acro Circus, instead you can get Javelin Man or the other ones. Yeah. Well, you can get them all. There's no reason to not have them all other than losing the inventory slots, you know? So that's what I'm saying. Like, And you definitely don't, like, I mean, you know, we didn't really say that i don't think yet but you know you mentioned it's not the most doesn't have the most utility in like a direct intentional way as far as like the the the, the way acro circus works is you basically do a somersault while you're jumping and if you come in contact with an enemy while doing that you will do some damage and then also it will kind of stun them a little bit so when you land you have an opportunity to attack them on the ground, you know, so yeah. it's, it, it doesn't really, I mean, you can deliberately try to line up and use it as an attack where you're jumping and landing on them, but I wouldn't say it, it, it it's really a good approach to fighting, you know? So just having it as an option when you are jumping and maybe you'll stun them and then be able to do your more customary attacks and more useful attacks is kind of its best functionality. You know what I mean? But if you didn't have it, I think it would be definitely harder later in the game. Yeah. It's it's super useful to like if two people are coming at you to like get out of it to use that to like stun them both on your way out or to if you you know if you get knocked down and your partner like with player and two player if you're getting two on one then I might go acro circus in and try to take them both out you know so it definitely has fun utility there for sure. Yep. So when you go in these stores, the screen turns into what I would call a shadow gate like windowed deal. You know, there is a little visual window in the top left that shows your dude, like walking up to the cashier and interacting with them as you buy things or get them to like, when you buy them, they like hand you a little package or something. And, and it's surprisingly diverse as far as both what the cashiers look like. And then also the items you buy each kind of have, I would not everyone like, you know, if you're in a, a cookie store, all the cookies look the same, they're all in the same little bag or something. But as far as like going from store to store, the different types of things you can buy, all most for the most part, each category has its own look to the item, which is a level of detail that they did not have to bother with, you know. So 
pretty cool. And then at the bottom, there's dialogue that you have just as, you know, with all the dialogue in the game that you have with the, the shop owner or the shop cashier rather. And there's a menu on the right where you select the shit that you'll buy and then your money available is up top where the status bars go. So yeah, it's, it's pretty clutch having that poster map from the Nintendo Power, which outlines what the fuck all these buffs you can actually do, you know, <laughs> yeah. actually do. Because like we talked about, you know, as a kid, I just had no idea. You're just like, just ran like, oh, the, like, you know, you're trying to like, it's funny, like, like you'll try to make, you even did it in our two-player thing, like fucking grown-ass men. <laughs> like knowing <laughs> how, how not correlated it is. But you'd be like, oh, fucking, I'll go with Chow Main because like, I think that will do a certain thing, you know, based on your perception of what, like there was like there was anywhere near that level of realistic thought put into these <laughs> items and their and their usages, you know, by the developers. So wrong, wrong. Yeah, wrong. totally wrong. Yeah, like, I would say nine out of ten times, I guess what something is supposed to do, it does not do that thing. <laughs> so like, yeah, having some that sort was of part of the fun, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. Like, yes, I, I wanted to not use the guide as much because I was like, you know what? What would I actually do as a kid? This is what I would do. I would I would go with what I think, you know, yeah, for sure. But if you're uh, trying to like, you know, talking about like using strategy and trying to, you know, like really build out your character as in in, in your what do you call it? Like in, in the in intelligent design in the eye of the fucking designer, you know, like yeah. trying, trying to like do that with any level of of calculation via, via those means, particularly with how you know like. The economy is not like you're never just you don't just have money lying around ever in this game. You know, you're always striving to get the, the get more money to buy the thing you want to buy. You never just walk into a, a town like and just buy the most extravagant shit and then leave with more money. All right. <laughs> it never happens. You know, <laughs> so it's you know, you don't want to waste money on shit. You want to get what you're buying for sure, because the money means something in this game. No question. You know. Oh, yeah. I love that part. It, it's it's just funny to me because looking at this game now, like it's just RPG enough that like as a kid, I would have like normally avoided anything that was any more RPG than this. But like this is just complex enough to where you're like, yes, let me go beat up more bad guys to get more money, to get stronger. Like I need more tricks. Like, yeah, but you're, you're, you're saying even though you didn't really even, you didn't even, you didn't, I don't think, it doesn't sound like, and I don't think most kids did. I'm not, I'm not singling you out here, Jay. But like, you know, I don't think you really even engaged those aspects of the game with any real effort or depth. You were just playing the beat-em-up portion of it and you had to deal with some aspect of the RPG things, you know? Uh, to 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 even get through the game in any way, shape, or form. So like you were just kind of forced into it. Like I don't think you really sought out those aspects. Would well, you say? Well, <laughs> I think like as a kid, one of the the surefire way for me to love a game is to have an aspect of leveling up in that game. So like for like for something when I get something like Dragon Feet and it's like oh my gosh now I can like do this triple kick which destroys people. Like but yeah, that that is a very visual feedback. And functional, right? Feedback, but, but I'm saying like the intricate power up. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't look at like like the way I did it this time playing through. Like <laughs> I definitely did not look at the status screen and be like, hmm, let me get my kick up, let me get my agility. I definitely didn't. It was just much more. All right, I need the next new trick. All right, how much money do I need to get that because it's going to be awesome and I'm going to be OP? Let me do that. You know? <laughs> right. Just a completely different way to play versus now when I was playing through kind of just beat 'em up style, and then I was like, wait a minute. I can look at this status screen now. Then I started taking screenshots. Like, all right, 
how much what's where's the next place i can go to get more kick and more willpower and it was just like a completely different way to play which tells me again how amazing this game is yeah. <laughs> same same for me as a kid so yeah so i started uh, i decided to do the grinding shit that I, that I already mentioned before i got to go on my little adventure here so i went back to sticksville and started rocking chumps there and yeah, yeah. I mean, this is where I was like thinking to myself, like, God damn, I wish I knew could find out how much money I had while I was playing the game. I, mean, <laughs> I, I would go all the way back to this mall and go into a store to check my fucking money. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, dude, just, <laughs> suck city. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I scored Dragon Feet first, which sounds like a really fucked up condition to contract, by the way, Dragon Feet. But yeah, I, I got that one first because I personally. I use my kick way more than the punch. Honestly, I would say even it kind of it was dawning on me as we were playing two player. Like I don't even touch the punch button. Like it doesn't even. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Would you say that the punch is a little faster? Like I feel like it definitely doesn't have the same range, and I think kick does more damage. But I guess that's also predicated on your skill. You could probably build up your punch if you wanted to yeah, do that. You, could, you know, you can definitely build them up separately. But yeah, when I like when we played two player, I was trying a little differently, so I was trying to get both. But yeah, for sure, man, the kick has more range like and its power is predicated on your stats so like why use the punch like automatically you're going to have more range why why not just power stick with it yeah yep so yeah uh, dragon feet basically it it turns your kick attack instead of just one kick as it is in the beginning it turns into three very quick kicks on one button press and again i don't know the it's it, it's very impossible actually in, in this case even if there's no way to pick apart the math so there's no way to know whether that where there does three times the damage like i have no idea but it definitely is more effective you <laughs> mow people down <laughs> yeah for sure it's much more helpful uh because yeah the you know if you initially you know you'll knock guys down and they'll get up a bunch of times but with dragon kick for the most part most grunts are just going down and dying in one one dragon kick land you know uh, especially early on so yeah huge game changer and if you land it on these early grunts yeah they're they're one hit death for sure and then i got acro circus second just because I, again i kind of like its passive functionality i guess is the best way to describe it and having yep. that in my coffers was more useful to me than the punch i would never use but i still did grind up and get the stone hands anyways before i get out of here so then it is what did you so you say you went acro circus and then feet i assume yeah man I, so i got acro circus first and i was still like i said it wasn't wasn't doing everything i needed to like win fights because i was still struggling because I, I may have actually started playing it on advanced first i, I can't remember but so I, I would read you know some smaller books just to boost willpower and stamina then i got dragon feet that's when i started kicking butt but then yeah after farming people with dragon feet then I got stone hands to make sure I had all three for sure. Word. So after we got them all there is, is it's more sticksville. And that's kind of like, I think you know, I started trying to like, again, like how the fuck am I gonna do a pot on this? Cause like, <laughs> like, I'm like, at first I was like, so the different areas I can call each area a different thing. But then like, I realized there were multiple sticksvilles early on. And I was just like, man, how the fuck are we just, like, how are we going to talk about this? But so yeah, there's more sticksville after that. And it's like a construction site, which I would say is, probably the most repetitious environment in the game like construction zones you know 
Yeah. There, there's a ton of those. I it must be fucking. I was I was thinking to myself. I was like, uh, River City must be just a booming real estate market at this time <laughs> for there to be all this construction. <laughs> and you gotta have construction sites because there you can fight without being worried about <laughs> breaking stuff or anything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's very manly too. You know, this game certainly doesn't shy away from testosterone. Uh, no, of course, all the women are shopping and all the dudes are fighting. <laughs> all, all the dudes are fighting with <laughs> the sticks. <laughs> By the way, I'm watching a playthrough video and I just watched the guy run and, and, and do a big jump up onto that factory from the floor when we were backtracking. I just watched I watched this guy do a jump from the ground from the lower floor up to the top one just with what? No, no boxes, no anything. <laughs> See, that's what amazes me because side note, I <laughs> when we were playing our two player playthrough. I felt like I could jump way higher than I ever did playing one player, but maybe I just never did a running jump like that. I was one not fighting an enemy, you know? Like, yeah, he did. He, he took a, he took a nice running start to it. So I mean, I think that's it. You got to be running. For, I think you got to be running for a while. There must be like a minimum amount of time to enact that higher jump, you know? Wow. So yeah, we could have done that. We again failed, but <laughs> <laughs> having the boots would have been nice. So <laughs> 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 we didn't fucking get to the end, but. So yeah, so there's, so there's this construction site, and they introduce an environmental hazard here for the first time, and it's as, as much of this area is is a very narrow walkway that you can fall off of on the lower boundary, and and when you fi- fall into these pits in the game, they're one-hit deaths, and that sucks, of course. So, you know, you were trying to fucking grind in this area. I was like, fuck that, dude, let's get out of here. <laughs> you know, with the run thing, there's just too many unpredictable components of the, this game that I just don't want to be in those screens any more than I have to be. Uh, <laughs> but. Totally. Yeah, one of those is here, and then at the end of this area, you, you got to kill all the grunts, and then you'll get your first boss battle, and this is Moose. And uh, after his boss, Rocco, tells you, talks a little shit and then bails. So, like, first Rocco comes, talks shit, and then Moose comes and, like, fights for him, which is a funny... It's the only time that happens in the game, and it's a pretty funny little thing. <laughs> <laughs> but Rocco's... Uh, or, or, was it Moose says, hold it, punks can't pass. That's just like, like every boss has like a, like a shit talking line and then a line they say when you frag them, you know, which is, is pretty fun. <laughs> and adds a nice little bit of personality to the game. So Moose's manual description is he doesn't have much power and he has weak character. He's basically a two bit thug that takes orders from Rocco. Yeah. Like I said, they're, <laughs> they're, all, they're all pretty simplistic and it's like they're very easily perceived in game without having to read that <laughs> you know what I mean so. he's super easy bat- battle when he croaks Moose says hey take it easy you're hurting me and then it is on to the next mall waterfront mall and there are five shops here there is waterfront books and this is odd because there are five books here but none of these are new skill books and this is the only bookstore where that's the case they're all just power-ups of various degrees so they do have fun names that i, I think are, are worth mentioning there's scandal rag there's comic times mystic seer nuclear spy and indian lore and yes. yeah they're pretty they're relatively expensive for again the early game economy so like that's it's a perfect example i think i bought the comic book which is only like six bucks or some shit but you know the rest of them are kind of priced out of realistic amount of money you're gonna have here you know well, at, at this point, I would go through and loop back around, and I'll explain why in a bit. But yeah, I, when I looped back around, I got all the all of these. Did you really? <laughs> I made it a goal. I was like, "Yep, I want them all." Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I definitely did not. I didn't. I, when I I did no economic backtracking 
when I played the one player. Like I had to do the backtracking functionally when I once I realized I had to go back because I had skipped bosses. Like there were like two of them I had to go back and deal with. But yeah, I didn't I didn't even didn't even cross my mind to go back and try to like power up with some of the earlier shops. Dude, it just the the fact that we played this game on like holiday break was just perfect for me because I was just able to just kick back and just grind through. I just, just got so like just, was, just buried like, your oh. face in it and just motorboated it, huh? <laughs> well, once you get dragon feet and then like the army boots, I was just like, yes, I'm just going to keep repeating. How much money can I get? Like I want to be OP. <laughs> And then, and this shop was a part of that loop. I had to make sure I got all this stuff. Word, word. Where would you say they were good values? I think so. Yeah, man. Because I started just looking for like where, where are the, you know, where are the permanent stat bonuses? Like what, what, how, how much stronger could I be? It was kind of that similar feeling, and I blame you in this podcast for this now. <laughs> that I got from playing the original Dragon Warrior. Once you're looking at your stats and you're like beyond level 20 and you're just like smiting every enemy you come across <laughs> and that's kind of how it started to feel when i was like oh wait i wonder what this one does let me just buy it sweet you know i'm just maxed out more willpower more willpower more max you know just everything i could it's just that that feeling there are very few times you know in gaming that feel as satisfying as just being able to just frag every enemy you come across so that's, <laughs> that's what I, that's the feeling i was chasing <laughs> with these purchases so it must be why you like ohio state so much jay <laughs> <laughs> hey man it's it's uh yeah <laughs> yeah this is other side i don't know what the what to call that exact nugget of genetic makeup but i think they're correlated personally <laughs> <laughs> hey sometimes you want to challenge and you know build something sometimes you just want to feel op and just <laughs> So as far as other shops here available at this mall, there are there's Ches Wallies, which is a funny name choice to me. And this, <laughs> this is dine-in food, American cuisine. And there is Miles Palace, and this is dine-in Chinese with egg rolls and a few stir fries. And this is one we actually frequented in our two-play. The, the pepper steak and the chow mein were, were good, mm -hmm. I think, uh, good values at like six bucks. And they did a nice amount of, of health replenishment. And then Murr's Burger Joint is takeout. It's basically McDonald's. <laughs> and it has... <laughs> a side order labeled smile that's free and all it said on selection was that ryan blushed and the, the counter person is a girl of course yeah so <laughs> i thought that was an interesting option and there even in the shopping list on the on the nintendo power poster it just has a question mark for its effects so i don't know i don't know what if anything this does you know it yeah. might just just a funny little quirky fucking thing in an old video game and i love that so Thought it worth mentioning. There's one other instance of that later in the game, too. So they have two of these. And then there's also Jones Pharmacy, and this is high octane takeout power-ups. So that's it for the mall there. And then moving on, we go into the Capitol Avenue Bridge area, and you exit right from, from there, and you are on the waterfront, which is one of the more impressive set pieces in the game, I would say. It's like a, a river with a city skyline in the background, and there's kind of like a gated thing going on in front of the river there, like the, the railing deal mm -hmm. so there's a girl there waiting for you and she drops some dialogue and story onto you which is weird because this is like the only time this happens in the game like it uh, it was it's almost out of place in that sense you know that there's like a npc of sorts that you don't have to fight that just happens to be waiting here you know right uh, it's like this is a cutscene. like okay yeah it's, yeah it's essentially what it is right so she says so you're ryan i'm roxy slicks babe <laughs> 
<laughs> your your main adversary's girlfriend's just hanging out here waiting for you. And the twins have, she says, the twins have taken Ryan's girl, Cindy. These identical dinks are good kidnap- kidnappers. And you must get them, get by them to save Cindy. I hear she's held on R.C. High's top floor. Please rescue her. I owe her. Weird. No, no further explanation of that at any point in the game, FYI. So don't don't hang on don't hang on the edge of your seat waiting to get that narrative thing to pay off. That's not <laughs> <laughs> unless unless it's referring to the shopping that they maybe they need to go shopping together. I don't know. But <laughs> so yeah, there there is. So if you, you this happens, you're, you're forced into that. There's no way you can't avoid it in any way, shape, or form. So that happens. She goes away, and then it's very easily. There's a very easily missed exit going up right here at the beginning of this area to it leads into an under the bridge dead end area. And this is there's bosses up there, too. So this is a perfect example of like. I remember as a kid just missing this, like I'm not even knowing it was there, you know, and just blowing out, blowing past this whole part and having to come back. Well, I didn't even, I shouldn't say come back later because I didn't even, I just didn't do it. <laughs> like, just didn't know what to do. Got to the high school and can't get in because the boss won't come out and you're just fucked, you know? So, right. you're like, what did I miss? I did everything. That's the thing, though. As a kid, I remember not, like, I didn't even, like, that's not, that was not my assumption. Like, I was not, what did I miss? Like, I was just like, what's wrong with this game? <laughs> like, I just don't know what to do, you know? And yeah. uh, apparently, I didn't call the counselor, surprisingly. Mm. Uh, anyways, so there, yeah, so you go up there, and then uh, up in there, there's Benny and Clyde are waiting for you here with their pals, brass knuckles, and a lead pipe. And the manual description for these dudes are: these guys are out of towners and are only in River City because they like a good fight. The two of them are very mean and cunning. And Benny talks some shit right when you first walk in, and he says, "Well, look who's come to see us, Clyde." And then Clyde chimes in with, "Yeah, and it's time you know the rules." And then they just bum rush you. <laughs> so <laughs> you can you can you. And this is kind of a thing with a lot of the bosses here. Like, you can whoop their ass while they talk shit, which is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, like, you're still and, talking while you're taking this foot. Why are yeah. you still talking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you're not writing notes down for, for a podcast, you can en- en- engage in that and, and, and take them up on that opportunity. When they die, they say, hey, wimp, I'm not finished with you. So that's like their closing shit talking. And yeah, I have another fun fact I read when I was kind of just poking around for shit after I finish the playthrough the you can throw these fuckers in the water to the right and and frag and like like they die that way one hit death basically so you know it's pretty i don't know we mentioned it when we were playing the two-player thing but like it's it's kind of dark i think that you can just drown them. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that you can do that even though you forego the the money it's still yeah. a fun option yeah and yeah that, that's definitely a thing too because if you look in the instruction book of the bosses are worth infinitely more dough than the grunts as, as one would assume. So you don't necessarily want to do that, but if it is a matter of difficulty and just trying to get through the game, I'm sure speedrunners do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, I already mentioned it, but yeah, this was without a doubt as a kid, like a, a major sticking point for me, like missing this boss battle. And there's no enemies on the main bridge area until after you defeat them. So like, you know, that just incentivizes you to go. Like, there's nothing out there, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it, 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 it further reduced my incentive to, like, take stock of what's going on here. It's just like, okay, let's go. This cutscene's over. You know, usually, especially as a kid, you're just like, let's go, you know? Let's, I mean, you know, next thing. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's uh, that was a really tough aspect of this game when I was little, and I think really hurt my enjoyment of it. I don't 
I don't remember if I missed that as a kid or not, but I know this time I maybe I just like remembered or just intuitively knew like I had no problem just going through. And even even then, I still somehow missed a like even that said, I still somehow missed the boss and couldn't get into the to the high school. And I was like, it, what did I miss? But like I was able to go back like all the way to the beginning, fight my way back and easily just like go back through and just for whatever reason, like the boss was there that I missed before. Like, Oh, I guess I just never you just lucked into it. I, yeah. I had to get, I had to get a fucking wiki out and like pinpoint. Them oh, really? To him, yeah. Oh man. It was easy yep. for me. Like I just went back through and then all of a sudden, like, you know, that side place, capital Ab, not, not that place, but one of the other ones I was like, Oh, he's there. I never saw him before. And then I was able to continue. So it was fine. Like I didn't need to, like do anything special and search it out so yeah, it worked out for me is what i'm trying to say <laughs> word yeah it definitely didn't work out for me as a kid and it required a fucking wiki to work out as an adult <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the next thing after the waterfront area there you get into a, a, a downtown it's, it's labeled as a downtown area and it's this initial part of it which is kind of odd considering the name it is it was a wooded area <laughs> that seems very <laughs> contradictory to downtown and then you go up into an you can go up into an industrial work area of some kind. There is a big pit hazard occupying much of it, and a simple building that says WSL Co. Company on the garage door. And the pit is instant death as well if you fall into it, which is very easy to do. And I would what actually what I would do is go straight up as soon as I got on the screen, jump on that back wall, which no the, the enemies will never follow you up onto the things you could jump on, you know, in the background. So I would just go across, go to the other side of the pit and get into that open area in front of the warehouse where you actually had some room and not didn't have to deal with the pit to, to interact with the enemies, you know. So you finish those dudes off and then you can go into the warehouse. The, the door is open and you get into this space and it's a purple warehouse vibe. You have to climb up and, and get over a middle dividing wall before working your way back down on the other side to the exit. And this is another instance where the mechanics of this game fail you, the control mechanics, you know, there's, we, we bitched about it. Both of us did when we were playing the two players. <laughs> so yeah, you have to, you have to jump up onto these boxes to ascend, to get to the higher levels. So you can get over the wall and come back down the other side. And you know, they're like, they're, the boxes are stacked kind of, it's, it's only like a, I think a two step staircase. So it's not like you got to do a million of these, but the platforms where you have to jump up onto are small enough where, and the j way the jump works, if you jump into something, and don't clear the top of it, you just bounce off. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and go back. So the only way to jump up this is to, like, you have to land on the exact right pixel. Because if you try to just inch your way back and, like, get in the spot, you'll just fall off. There's no chance you can inch that small of a an amount, you know? So, yeah, you basically have to land these three jumps perfectly in a row in order to not get bounced back, have to start over again. And that's, you know, it's like a dumb thing. And other than maybe being pissed off and accidentally running into the wall, that's right next to it. Like there's really no <laughs> punitive side to this, but it's just very frustrating to how difficult it can be to get up this, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can time it to where you scoot up and you can just jump up, but yeah, it's, it's not intuitive. Yeah. Not ideal. Anyway. So there's a couple of pricks just wait at the bottom by the door and it can be tricky to drop in and not get thumped by them on the, on the exit side. So, and like, that's kind of a shitty thing too. The way this works is because there's a boss in here. And if you don't even, you know, I think this is one of the ones I missed for sure, because 
you have to there's no when you come in the door on the right there, there's no enemies there which is kind of it's kind of nice because if you went in there it's such a small area they'd probably fuck you up immediately and that would be annoying as well but i'd say that's probably still better than what you end up having to do because you go up over the wall deal with that box jumping shit come down kill the guys and then two guys appear on the bottom level back where you first come into this area you know what i mean you have to go back up over the wall come back down and you have to do the box thing once on that side too and then come down and kill those two dudes and then go back again and that's where the boss comes out of the exit door you know so like it's just it's kind of a little bit of a bullshit runaround thing that I did, was not pleased with for the most part. Uh, oh, I completely, completely missed that boss again. Like when, even after I went back through to find the earlier boss that I missed, when I came through here, I was going out the door when I saw like the other guys appear on the other side of that wall, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" You know, so yeah. I had to like go back in and like do the whole thing again. And do the whole thing oh, again. At least in that yeah. instance. Are the do you remember if the guys were there on that exit side when you came back in immediately, or did they they reverse it and make you do the whole runaround shit again? Oh, I had to, I had to do the whole thing again. So the guys were started there, so I was able to fight them. But then, yeah, the guy showed up on the other side, so I just was able to go back over, then come back over again and fight the boss. Okay, but at least I realized that you didn't have to. But okay, but you didn't have to. Like my my question was, did they reverse it and make you do basically three? Okay. Okay. I guess that's one small saving grace to that outcome. Yep. So yeah, you do all that. And then Rocco is the boss battle here. He'll come in that exit door and the manual description for him is he is the leader of the mob gang. Like most gangsters, he has a very strong attack, but a weak defense. And that's a weird thing to say all gangsters have, I think. But (laughs) he he says the, his dialogue, his opening dialogue is you got past moose. I'll handle you now. And then he gives you a, a little classified info tip on death. He says, Blade is in Sherman Park. He's waiting. So that's actually, you know, it's telling you you have to backtrack there only if you're paying attention to and cataloging the names of every area you walk into. Because Sherman Park is the park that has an entrance right after the first mall that seemed like a dead end with the bathrooms and the pile of lead pipes, you know? Yeah. So... I think that's what those are. I don't know. I guess they're maybe not lead pipes. What are those fucking things in the middle of that area? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, who knows. yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. To me, like, I just don't, there's just no way. You know, the, the messaging thing at the bottom, like cataloging what all those area names were, it's just, I don't know. And there's no way to, like there's no in-game clearly there's no quest log or a map or anything so like just i don't know it's just fucked like that like that was the thing that like i just couldn't i wasn't able to do it as a kid i just could, could not do it like i had no idea you know yeah that information I, I that he gives you is meaningless to me <laughs> like to the kid no, I, I completely get it because i think it was this point at that fight when he said that that all of a sudden i was like Wait a minute, where's Sherman Park? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. Yeah, because like I was assumption is that it's just somewhere later in the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and at this point, like, even for the podcast, like I'm taking notes, but I'm doing it after the fact because I want to be in the moment. I'm like, wait a minute, where is that? I was like, is that back? So that's when I went back to the map and I was like, wait a minute. Uh, well, that's honestly a shitty thing about the Nintendo Power Map. It doesn't label the fucking areas either, too. That sucks, too. So you don't even know what the fucking things are on the map. You know, not that Nintendo... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got it's Nintendo. They're the same, same company, so you'd think that they... It's, you know... 
And it's their yeah. job if they're going to give you that to properly label it. <laughs> but it did like it frustrated me because I was like, man, if I had been like really into this game, like obviously I love the game, but like if I had been paying focused attention to all these names, then I would know and just kind of not have to look up something like, wait a minute, is that forward? Is that backward? You know. <laughs> I mean, there's the one thing I'd already gone backward and forward. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's the one thing you can, yeah, yeah. it would at least, it has the potential of being a familiar word that you have seen. So like, you know, it's at the time when your mind is less clouded by 30 more years of retro gaming, like maybe, <laughs> yeah, you know, that is more substantial piece of information and you go, okay, well, I've seen that already. It must be back. How many parks were there? Yeah, like maybe pieces together that way, but I don't know. It's it it is, it definitely didn't land on me as a kid for sure. And this was another thing that I think was just too much for me as a kid. But yeah, so yeah, you do have to head backwards and backtrack. So you come back out of the building, you have to go over that fucking wall again, (laughs) and go back and go back to the park there. And when you walk into Sherman Park. Blade is waiting in front of the bathrooms with a chain in hand and the manual description of for him says one of the zombies. He has a very violent character and appears quite strong. In reality, he's not so powerful. So his <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, 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 agreed. Most of the ball, I mean, yeah, they're just not that especially like I said, it's way harder in two player for a lot of like really nuanced reasons. And one player, you can kind of just frag them all before they even or, or at least get them in a loop that you can continue to frag them before they even finish talking for the most part, you know? So yeah, I wouldn't say any of them are particularly hard. If you, you know, if you let them out of that loop, they can, especially some of the later ones can definitely work your ass. But for the most part, if you're, if you stay on top of it and do that little inching forward kick thing, you can, you can get them all pretty easily. But he says the name's blade and I'm a zombie. You can't go nowhere till you beat me. So I beat his ass with my dragon feet, rinse and repeat. And (laughs) at the end, he says, you want slick? Then ice Thor first. So you're looking for Thor now is your little breadcrumb that's dropped for you here. So with nothing else to backtrack to at the time, you're going to work your way back through to back, well, to and through the WSL warehouse. And then you emerge on the outside of that warehouse from an identical mirror image of the building you entered on the, on the, the construction pit side. And it's seemingly on the opposite side of the wall that that building was up against. So you kind of just mirror image flip them. And the physics idea of this are a little insane if you think about it. Like the idea that a building up against a wall can be entered into. Then you go over a wall inside of it from right to left, oddly even. And then come out a building on the other side of that wall doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, you know, it just, I don't know. Whatever. But you exit right from there. It's just a one static screen thing into Armstrong Armstrong Thruway. And I believe this is supposed to be a freeway. You're just fighting your way down now. You know, fortuitously, there's no traffic to run you guys over. But to the right of that is an entrance to a tunnel. And this is one of the cooler looking areas. I'd say it's like the subterranean uh, urban tunnel deal. And there are more dudes in there you can fight, of course. And I had forgotten about it, but you pointed it out while we were doing the two-player thing. There is also a secret shop on the back wall in here called Merlin's Mystery Shop. And yeah, I totally feel like I remember this the second you said it, we were playing the two-player thing. I was like, oh yeah, I could immediately picture the Nintendo Power screen or the Nintendo Power screenshot rather showing it like the yellow when the doors open and your character's standing and there's like a yellow fucking uh, light coming out of the out of the otherwise black wall, you know? So I immediately remembered it. But when I played through the one player, 
I totally blew, blew past this area and did not even think to to go in there. Yeah, neither did I. So because I didn't know it was there, and so <laughs> I'm totally going to play this again and go back in there. I wanna I wanna go buy that stuff. You know? Yeah, like, and that's yeah. Talking, yeah, talking about fucking really going all out of this game. I mean, the shit in there is insanely priced, but of course gives you in turn like really crazy boosts. There's an Excalibur. There's Zeus's wand, there's Rodan wing, there's a gold medal, and there's an Isis scroll. And the first thing I said when you started, when you mentioned this when we were playing was like, which one of them powers up your kick? And none of them do. It's the one thing that's neglected in these options. So you can't get your kick any further than Texas boot level. <laughs> Val's kick, Val kicks are to already maxed level. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. So back outside, it looks of the tunnel I'm saying, it looks just like the other side of the tunnel exterior, but reversed. And the exit here is blocked by a boss named Turk. And he says, hey, dude, it's party time. I'm a zombie, too, and you're a dead man. And the manual description for him is this guy, the third zombie, is a quick thinker and confuses his opponents by his quick moves. And he is fast as fuck for sure. So that description is spot on. And <laughs> I just stayed on top of him and made sure not to let him get a chance to chug around which is the same strategy you should use when defending Lamar Jackson. The rumor is true. <laughs> the rumor is true. You are one tough dude is his like death line. So he kind of gives you some unexpected props there, which is the first time they start doing that. I would say that becomes kind of a theme with the bosses moving forward. They all like, they all doubt you in the beginning. And then there's a transition to like acceptance that you're the shit after you whoop them, you know, which is. <laughs> yeah. After that is another construction site with some pipes lying around, and that is the exit from that on the right is an alley leading to the next shopping mall. And in this little area here, right before the next mall, you frag all the dudes, and then there's a boss man named Mojo that will appear in front of the alleyway. And his manual description is another zombie. He is a dangerous opponent and a rumble. He prefers to fight with a weapon instead of his bare hands. And... He says, to see Thor, you got to toast all three zombies. So this guy, it's kind of letting you, you know, the mo the, re the guys you've dealt with recently say they're zombies, and this guy tells you there's three of them, you got to toast all three. The one guy said, you want to get into the school, you got to ice Thor. Like, there's all these little con there's all these little clues that explain these limitations they have to deal with if you want to be able to advance later in the game. But again, as a kid, piecing that all together is like a definitive need and all those characters and shit just... There's just no way, man. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So while FAQing to get back to the bosses I had to backtrack to, I read a solid strategy with this fucker in particular that if you bring a rock into this, like knowing you're approaching him, if you bring a rock with you and throw it at him right while he's talking, he'll pick that up and use it for the whole fight. And the rock is the shittiest weapon. So you can kind of basically dictate what weapon he does fight with, you know. So that is a, a really high-level strategy, I thought, that was worth mentioning. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, and he, yeah, he does. I mean, he picks up whatever weapon is closest, and that's like his... Like, he doesn't even engage you. He won't even... Until he gets a weapon in his hand, he doesn't even try to fight you, you know what I mean? So your your best bet is to either do that or kill his ass before he gets to a weapon, because he's much harder <laughs> with a weapon. And after you kill him, he says, Unbelievable! You're as mean as a zombie. Look for Thor in the factory's back room. After these messages, we'll be right back. They don't have it. Trying to find the Nintendo games you want can be a lot like being in a Nintendo game. Another dead end. Come on. You can end up looking. Oh, 
Rocks in all the wrong places. Oh, no. Stand back, son. Or you can go to Toys R Us. Toys R Us has the world's biggest selection of Nintendo games and accessories at everyday low prices. Next time, let's just come to Toys R Us. That was a 1989 Toys R Us Nintendo commercial. And it's funny to me at all, actually, that there's like, it's a, you know, it's featuring Toys R Us, but it's 1000% a Nintendo commercial too. So, you know, logic suggests that there was like a combined resource effort to make this commercial by both parties. You know what I mean? Which, I don't know, a collaboration between a, Video game developer in a retail store specifically like this back at this time was probably a somewhat new, if not unprecedented thing, I think, you know, but oh, I'm sure I'm sure knowing how these things work nowadays, like back then. Yeah, I'm sure that was very unique. Yep, for sure. And yeah, so it is a dad and his son. They're hunting for NES games at a joint called Abe's Toy Emporium before getting pulled into a few NES game worlds that they kind of move through one after the other. There's Super Mario Brothers, there's Punch-Out, and Metroid. And then from Metroid, they luckily fall into a Toys R Us, and all their NES prayers are answered there. So basically the message is, stop shopping at your local small businesses and come help us proliferate a corporate dystopia. (laughs) (laughs) Getting back to the game here, we have Flatiron's Mall that we just entered into, and it's big. It's two parts and has seven shops, so there's a lot going on. This is probably maybe the most elaborate mall. Maybe the last one's a little more so, but there is Flatiron Books, and there's three skill books here, Fatal Steps being the only new one, and I don't really fuck with Fatal Steps. Jay, do you? Dude, no. So I bought it, and (laughs) I, I remember in my notes, I wrote, purchased Fatal Steps yet? But haven't actually seen it because they die when I kick them once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you if it's what it does is is that when you land on dudes who have been knocked down, it does damage to them, which doesn't happen normally. And yeah, if you kill everyone in one whack, then that is a super useless skill. <laughs> At this point, I already had both dragon feet and army boots plus any other random like modifier. So. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not jumping on anybody. But yep. it's it's funny though, because on the flip side, playing River City Girls now, like it's a different it's more of like a stomp. And so I use it all the freaking time because you can stomp like multiple enemies if they're down at once. So it's like way more useful than trying to like jump on somebody, which is not useful here. For sure. Yeah, even like you mean the one thing like just off the cuff appealing aspect of that would be bosses which do require being knocked down many many times yeah but (laughs) you would never want to subject yourself to that risk by like getting off of them and running back and then doing like just you just never want to go through that unpredictable control flow chart relative to just like i said staying on top of them and kicking them (laughs) you know especially the later ones that like at this point that you'd be encountering because they move fast like if you're trying to land some jump thing if you miss and then they zap out of the way now it's game on you know Yeah. Uh. yeah pretty useless skill so yeah i don't fuck with it the roman cow store is a weird dine-in mashup of dessert drinks and italian food which is bizarre <laughs> and there is amy's sweet tooth and this is takeout candy they're all 95 cents with each boosting one skill and stamina so you can kind of this is one like an instance where you can kind of cheaply and very with very targeted precision min max mm-hmm. skills you know so 
I, I fudge barred for some kick power here for sure. And there is Happy Feet Shoes, and this is the only shoe store in the game, and we have, have kind of talked about uh, the periphery of this many times, but these logically boost your kick and agility, agility stats, save for the insole purchase you can make here, which boosts strength. So most of these are expensive as shit, and the best shoes, Texas boots, are $99.95, as we mentioned in the economic analysis. And these fuckers add 60 kick and 60 agility, it says in the in the wiki. But I, I found that they did not quite do that, so maybe that was what they did in the Japanese version. I don't know. But they do, nonetheless, help out a great deal and make you virtually uh, unstoppable <laughs> once you have them and Dragon Feet. Like they're a must, must-have. Yep. So yeah, well, I saw that and I basically immediately started grinding until I was able to buy those before I could move on. So that's what we did not do in our playthrough, collaborative playthrough, and we should have. There is also the butcher shop here, and this is takeout meat, which is funny. You can buy like different steak cuts, <laughs> beef cuts, like T-bone and sirloin and shit, and then take it with you to eat later. And when you use like, <laughs> we, we used them, it actually says the little message. It doesn't say you just eat it. It says you're... You know, your character takes the time to cook the steak and then eat it, you know, which is a funny, funny little level of copy detail. Like that Alec takes a break to cook a steak or something. Right, exactly right, yeah. So, uh, and there is also the toys, a toy store here called Toys Galore, and these are super expensive and elaborate stat boosts that are another example of things that I just have never fucked with because the opportunity cost and grinding for them particularly with the shoe store here like you got like the idea of like saving up 100 bucks buying the shoes and be like oh i'm gonna hang around and grind some more like no nah, i'm good <laughs> like i'm fucking getting out of here <laughs> so and then the last thing another super unique option that's only the instance in the game so making this probably the funnest of all the shopping areas there is the cd seller and these are cds each of them 9.95 a piece of different music genres so each boosts one stat and stamina so you can also, semi-cost-effectively target certain stats here. You know, there is R&B, which cor- correlates with strength, rock, which correlates with punch, pop, which correlates with defense, soul, which correlates with agility, and classical, that correlates with willpower, are represented here. And this is just another super fun thing. Weird shit like this is why people love this game. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. It's a compact disc store that boosts your character up. You know. It's- fucking weird so moving on out of here we are still downtown and this is another construction zone and there's a lot of construction zone in this fucking town like i mentioned this is why i really started (laughs) to notice that and then yeah roll with the texas boots man my sprite was so much faster like i did not like i you know i knew i would be doing more damage but it did not occur to me the agility bump how much more dexterity that would make my more dexterous that would make my sprite you know so that was a a nice little surprise that uh, i really noticed coming out of there I, I cannot even imagine that because yeah like i said i topped out with the army boots and that was only like kick plus 40 and agility plus 20 and i felt like i could do no wrong so i can't even imagine how much yeah. more i want to say it was 40 like, something to agility that it did that it ended up doing so yeah it was fucking it was huge for sure i was fast as fuck wow Moving on from downtown, we have the vacant third wheel factory entrance, and then you go through the gate out front, and you're in the vacant third wheel factory interior, so this is where they were saying Thor was going to be, I believe, and it's, I would say, a pretty fucking ugly industrial space going on here, but it looks much more like a warehouse than a factory also. Like, there's no machines anywhere. Like, what the fuck are they manufacturing in that place? (laughs) You know? Uh, 
And also, what kind of factory has a bunch of bottomless death pits all over the place? Like, that is definitely not safety first. Like, right, like this place sucks. sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah, this place is the, not up to code. Yeah, it's not up to code. Yeah, the union is not going to fucking roll with this place at all. They are definitely hiring fucking carpetbaggers here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The second room has Thor waiting by the exit. And his manual description is, he is a son of a rich, I almost said he is a son of a bitch, but that's not <laughs> what it says in the manual. It says, he is a son of a rich local banker, but don't let his social standing fool you. He is a mean fighter and the leader of the zombies. So there's actually four zombies, I think, not three, oh. right? We already fought three zombies, didn't we? I don't know, whatever. So you found Thor, head of the zombies. Welcome to your worst nightmare is what he says. So Thor speaks as himself in third person. So Thor must be a real cunt. <laughs> Only cunts do that. Yeah. <laughs> And this prick will throw you around if you let him get a foothold. So you definitely want to. You, you can definitely pin him up against that that wall and just kick the shit out of him and bounce him off the wall repetitively. Or you know? Kick him over the edge, which I did. Or, yeah, that's also yeah. But I, honestly, I don't trust that because then you're inching in the wrong direction, right. and it's a super yeah. easy way to run your ass right into that pit. <laughs> <laughs> So on death, he says, Ivan guards the gate to River City High. He gasps on his way to the netherworld. And you come out of a weird picket fence gate into a back alley, which seems like a, also a shitty thing about this factory. <laughs> That's the, like the back entrance. Not very good security. <laughs> and there are no enemies there, for at least in my instance of, of going through here. So I thought that weird, too, that it was unpopulated. But you go up an alley to the next mall from here into the Oak Hill Mall. And this has six shops that are spread across two areas in your final Opus de Commerce. And you come into this between the second and third stores, so you can actually miss two stores if you don't think to fence test to the left, you know, which there are so few instances in this game where you, like, come into a new area and should move left. Like, that never happens. So yep. <laughs> that's a little unique and weird and can... Maybe if you're not looking at the map or paying attention, you could fuck yourself out of a couple stores, and those two stores are the tea bag and a dine-in power-up joint with drinks and cakes is what that is. And there's Kate's cookies, and these are takeout cookies for a buck a piece. And there to the right, you start getting the Oak Hill Bookstore, and these are the old staples of Stone Hands and Dragon's Feet, and then a newbie in Grand Slam, and Grand Slam tunes up your weapon attack. So it's, especially if you've been building your weapon skill it's pretty valuable or a pretty reasonable price at 5750 to get this because it gives you the the three quick thing for weapon attacks you know that you get with stone hands and dragon feet yep so that's pretty fucking cool and although i find you know be, i i bought it and saved up for it no less with the grind spot right after this and then i realized i was like this isn't doing anywhere near as much damage as my kick so this was fucking a waste <laughs> dude but, i i i felt extra op at this point because now it's like wait a minute now i have stone hands drag like everything i do does this like triple damage seemingly thing like yes of course yeah kicks are still like the top thing but at least now if there's enemies who are coming in like with weapons and I pick one up on accident or something, at least now I'm like still throwing back more damage. You know what I mean? It's more of like insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so you, you get that one and then read all about it, which is in the next area is another bookstore and it has Javelin Man here. And this, I would say it's cool and fun, but not, anywhere near worth the 7825 sticker price which is you can pick up dudes and throw them 
and like they basically turn it turns them into project it turns human beings into projectile attacks (laughs) which is fun but again if you're killing everyone on the first thing then you don't really have the opportunity to use this all that often which is you know makes it not really worth it yeah i don't think i i don't think i got it either like i was planning to grab everything at this point but that one i remember looking at the reading the description and thinking like am i really going to do that though like yeah you know (laughs) it's actually 7825 is a lot of dope yeah Yep, and then there's also Hacks Chicken Shack, and this is inexpensive, inexpensive fast food where you have the option of either eating it in or taking it to go. And there, they also have the free smile purchase here. So the McDonald's place and then Hacks Chicken Shack, which I don't know what either. This is like Chick-fil-A. I don't know what this is. Was Chick-fil-A around <laughs> then? I don't think Chick-fil-A was around then, was it? Uh, actually, Hacks Chicken Shack, they have like, – it's actually more like KFC, come to think of it, not not – chick-fil-a at all they have like the they have the kfc sides like coleslaw and shit like that so it's more like kfc then there lastly is cedar street drugs and there's a few takeout buffs in here love potion is probably the most interesting one of those i think (laughs) yeah yeah so you move on from there to burb village and the first area of this is like it looks like it's a third area of the mall but yeah i mean it's it's labeled as, as its own separate area so it's the first part of burb village and it has a shop that says health club on the sign above it and this is where the number one grinding spot in the game is found because there is the second coming of Benny and Clyde here waiting for you. And those are the two dudes that were underneath the bridge on the waterfront tangent, you know? So you walk in here and then Benny says, huh, not you again. And then Tweedledum, AKA Clyde follows with, we'll get even now. And when you kill them, they say, it's not over yet. We'll meet again. So whatever, bitches. <laughs> they drop 350 a piece. So every time you kill them, it's seven bucks, you know, for if you're playing one player or if you're doing two, you get 350 each. So you can definitely just go back into the mall area and come back out and they're there every time. So you can just kill them and you can kill them before they even like, especially like you know, when I had, I had the dragon feet plus the Texas boots, I would frag them in one button press. Both of them, I could kill them both before they finish running their dumbass miles, you know. So, nice. yeah, it was it's super efficient for a one player game to, to say the least. But also, I did not even think to grind like here by myself, like that. Wow, that's yep, super great. I wish it was where those two, you know, it, it, it sucks a little bit that that option isn't available to you by those two by the comic or the book. The 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 non skill bookstore and the toy store where you could really and the and the and the shoe store where you could really get the payoff of this, uh, oh, yeah. with a little more instant instant gratifyingly but instantly gratifyingly instantly gratifying. <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> yeah, right. uh, it'd be nice if it was closer. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's super cool. So I did a little grinding there and got that. That's how I got that uh, the Grand Slam book. And so the shop here is, is is actually called. You go inside of it. It's called Pop's Health Club, and it has an old man in bifocals, man in the counter, which is the only time you see that sprite. It's kind of fun. And the only thing for sale here is a sauna for, uh, by happenstance, I would say, or perhaps by design, a sauna for three fifty. So kill the guys outside, go in and get get a fucking do a little sauna trip, you know, <laughs> for for <laughs> money earned. But you buy this baby, and the window cuts from your boy at the counter to some straight up bare ass male rear nudity as you as your sprite is standing naked in the shower shimmying a towel back and forth on his back and so you've got like i pointed out and when i posted this on our socials the little back dimples <laughs> you know <laughs> complete with back dimples and it's yeah it's just very simply mind-blowing 
this was allowed to remain in the game for the U.S. release. Like, it blows my fucking mind. <laughs> you know? He was, like, says when you when he's standing there doing the, the little visual is, is accompanied by the message, Ryan was very uptight in the sauna was so relaxing is the message that, that follows that. And it, the effect you get from this is it raises willpower and stamina, which nicely for the price, I would say. And that's like I, that hint I found mentioned that, so I was kind of expecting that. But it gives you a little bit of life replenished too. And you know what else, Jay? What's that? I bet they do puff puffs here. so you get your puff puff and you move on to river city high there's a cool unique music ditty i noticed here to pumble trick a few assholes here before Ivan will come open the gate and talk some shit if you have beaten all the bosses prior to this. That's an important note. If you don't do that, then you just run around here and go, why the fuck isn't the gate opening? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which, to say the least, sucks as a kid because you don't have the internet to solve your problem. <laughs> so yeah, so he comes out and he says, you want in? First you survive my headbutt. And this reminds me of my buddy Danny. In in college, once drunk enough, he would semi-frequently start fights. Or at the very least, I would say he would I would call it inciting them. And <laughs> the way he would do this is he would bait the aggressor to getting close to him before the guy thought things had escalated to physicality. Like he would like, you know, do the, the kind of the shit talking, feeling out whether this is going to turn into a fight kind of thing that dickheads do in college for whatever reason human beings do that. <laughs> and I can't even begin to think of like starting a fight like this as a kid or, or as a, as a grown ass man, almost 40 years old, it blows my mind that anyone did this. And I, I'm sure I did too, probably at some point or another, but anyways, he would bait them in with this kind of like this taunting thing. And then with no warning whatsoever, just headbutt the fuck out of the dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he would start fights. It was fucking insane. Like, I remember as a group, like, me and those dudes that lived next to me on 14th Avenue, uh, he was he was part of that group, which I'm sure you hung out with him a million times, the guy oh, I'm talking yeah, about. You, okay, you remember Danny, yeah. So, yeah, like, fucking, yeah, I remember as a group, I remember doing it, what was that main tailgate bar on Lane Avenue? The, what was that called? The one that was a little bit down the block towards, towards the... The Thirsty uh, Scholar? Um, maybe that could have been it. Not the one. There was quarters. The one that was closer to high, and then yeah. another one right there on the counter that eventually turned into B dubs. Like neither of those two. The one that was like part of Heinegate. Oh man, victories or some shit. I want to say. I don't. I don't know. It, it maybe it was called victory. Ah, oh, dang, I don't remember. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. So whatever. I remember being at that bar as a group, all of us, right? And it's like you know, I'm sure it was probably post-party barn, fucking just hanging out at the bar. God knows how much we've drank at this point. Probably been up since like 3 a.m. drinking, fucking binge drinking. And I remember the group of us were at one end of the bar and Danny was over on the other end of the bar and like we saw him talking to this dude. It was just him. He wasn't even with any of us, you know? And he's like talking to a dude with a bunch of other dudes and he like, we saw it, like we saw it happening like way before it happened. And like, really? yeah, we're like, he's going to fucking headbutt him. And like he's throwing, <laughs> he started, he was throwing peanuts at this guy and he's just throwing 
pelting the person with peanuts. And the guy comes over and starts talking shit to him. And <laughs> fucking he did it. Just fucking headbutted the dude and started to fight. <laughs> we were in a fight. He gets thrown out of fucking with a bar, you know, whatever. And like, you know, it's like you don't even go to jail in that case. You just like get pushed out into Heine Gate and then go back to your fucking binge drinking ways. <laughs> like, that college is insane. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's the Wild West of Ohio State. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's what I think of when I, when I, when I heard uh, the headbutting thing. But. Ivan will can, uh, can and will headbutt you also, and it's a unique move I hadn't seen anyone else do prior to him. He like does this like very deliberate like leaning of his whole body. I, like I want to say it was on like, one foot even. Like he like you know <laughs> kind of bends over like he can't really. I don't know. It's just not a fluid motion at all. Which you know what are they going to do with these sprites? These goofy blocky sprites. But it was <laughs> a funny funny looking thing when he did it. But yeah, he definitely will do that, and it will knock your ass out for sure. So he headbutts, and. The manual description for him is Ivan guards the gate to River City High for the Dragon Twins. He knows many tricks and is one tough opponent to beat. So he says, you are a worthy enemy. You may get lucky. So again, these guys are just leaning more towards like, maybe they're going to, this dude's going to, maybe these dudes are going to topple us here. You know, a <laughs> little bit of doubt in, in, in the, in the gangs at this point in the story. So after him, you move inside the school to the gymnasium, and the first area is a very cool-looking gymnasium setting. I think this is one of the better-looking set pieces also in the game. There are really good-looking basketball hoops in particular that, like, hang above it, you know? A couple, I think two, maybe three of them. So oh, yeah. those are pretty fucking cool. And then you have to, a few dickheads dive bomb onto you from upstairs right when you walk in. There's, like, scaffolding, or I guess that's what that's supposed to be, maybe scaffolding up near the ceiling. So they jump down from that. And we'll attack you right when you walk in. And then a couple more standing off to the right before you get Otis. The, the boss Otis steps in through some doors on the far right. And the manual description for him is, though not too strong, he is very clever. His sharp tactics make him very difficult to feed, which is like, that, I think that's one of the better examples of just like the vague, like, what is the point of even having that? <laughs> like, that says nothing. <laughs> like, you manage to, what is this? Like, maybe 20 words, 15 to 20 words that, like, say nothing? It's amazing. <laughs> so he says, yo, no dirty shoes on my g clean gym floor. And I thought to myself, self, I bet he's ultra pissed about my cow cowboy boots scuffing the shit out of him. <laughs> like, actually, if he's pissed right. off about dirty shoes at all, he probably hates cowboy boots. <laughs> So on death, he says, okay, keep them on. The twins are upstairs. And Jay, what the fuck does that mean exactly? Keep them on. Uh, keep those shoes on. Remember, he wanted you to take your shoes off the floor. Oh, oh is that what he's saying? Okay. You just you just used your Texas boots to stomp all over. Oh, them. dude, I did not piece that together. That is a very sensible <laughs> answer to that question. Yeah, I didn't piece that together. That's great. <laughs> he was planning. He was planning to take those, pull those boots off of you. <laughs> I put my ass with right them. There. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I did not make that connection. Great, great job. <laughs> it's funny because, like, viscerally, I remember as a kid feeling like this part was very hard. Like, oh my gosh, I'm in the gymnasium now. It's serious. But like in this game, like this was not a hard part. No, not yeah. If you're especially you're super powered, right powered, yeah. I mean. But, I mean, you know, we were, this is where things got hard for us, right after here, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, so after you kill him, you have to platform your way up a couple balancing beams that are in the background as well, and then onto the second basketball rim, or the second basketball hoop rim, and then you have to jump up onto that scaffolding that the two dudes jumped down from in the beginning, you know. So this is not the most intuitive platforming sequence either like you don't 
I remember walking around here as a kid, like no idea that that's what I was supposed to do. <laughs> you know? really? oh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the jump on the basketball hoop, like fuck, fuck you, man. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> Especially because you can opening up there. So I was like, okay, I've got to be able to jump on something. Yeah, for sure. But I did not. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I just, that, two balancing beams and then a basketball hoop. Like that's not how I climb things. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I get to higher levels in life or higher <laughs> services rather. <laughs> Yeah, I did not make the connections as a kid for sure. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you get up there, you go through that the the doorway that's up in the scaffolding, and that takes you into kind of like a hallway area. That's a, a three level thing, and then you <laughs> actually, yeah, you you go in here, and then I I, I kind of wished like because of the subject matter, it it's kind of a bummer that there's not. I thought of the whole thing of like stuffing, like bullies stuffing people into lockers. That's what I think of when I think of like this type of game or this like the whole theme of this game and then you put it in the school school hallway setting like i feel like you should have someone should be saying something about stuff in you in a locker and you there should be lockers. <laughs> i'm just very disappointed there were no lockers i guess is my point <laughs> the stakes are too high at this point they were just all about the beat down <laughs> i guess yeah. so on the second floor you don't really even need to deal with the first floor which is one of the few instances where you can kind of just blow through something, uh, particularly this late in the game. There's bosses on like almost every stage at this point, but or almost every area rather. But on the second floor is a boss named Tex for a little mini boss battle. And the manual description says he's the ornery head honcho of the Cowboys gang. He is at his toughest with a weapon in his hand. So yeah, he, he says, oh. howdy, I can't believe y'all got this far. And he, if he gets a weapon in his hand, he does this spinning attack with the pipe that he, they, yeah, I shouldn't say he gets it in his hand. He has the pipe already. And yeah, he'll do this spinning attack with it, kind of like a tornado deal. And it will knock the fuck out of you if you let him get it going. So not ideal to let him out of his little fucking shit talking sequence without being whooping his ass already. And if you beat <laughs> him, he says you win, but the twins will fix your wagon, which is very cowboy themed. Good job. <laughs> and if yeah, you move up the staircase in the back to, to proceed up through this. And on the third floor, you get, like you get up there and after you beat the grunts you get the double dragon music from twin dragons like that music track kicks in for the boss battle of this area and to be to the 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 they're the twins Randy and Andy and and how cool is that I mean it's like the, the little I don't know you know it's before <laughs> it's before self-referential nostalgia nods were a thing so like and then i guess that's not nostalgia but it's just self-referential like fun choices uh it, it's just a really interesting thing to do you know and really cool i think so and such a also such an iconic as you put it very very well put uh such an iconic track that we will give to you here at the next break <laughs> it's like do double it. dragon let's go <laughs> and yeah i'll think you're also fighting twins for this it's kind of i don't know I'm surprised they're not named Billy and whatever Billy and what's the other one's name. Right. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. This is not They're Andy and Randy. <laughs> That's their names. In Billy, I can't think of the other one. Um, oh. Especially because, you know, I mean, they have, they have those two dudes in the volleyball game. We already talked about in the last match. Yeah. They're, they're not, oh, they're not, they're not above putting those fuckers directly and like very explicitly in another game. So I'm surprised, but. Anyways, Randy starts off. They come out that door at the end of the hall and together. And Randy starts off with, we are the infamous Dragon Twins. Andy then blurts, don't plan to leave here in one piece. 
And these fuckers have a spinning roundhouse kick that is also very reminiscent of Double Dragon, you know? So oh, yeah. that's kind of surprising. <laughs> that, I, that, I they just it was them. Like, they changed the names of the innocent, you know? <laughs> like, it's pretty much them, you know? For sure. So, yeah, so the after you kill them, they, Randy says, ooh, I give up. You're too strong. And then Andy chimes in with, yeah, you sure kicked our tails. And then lastly, Randy follows up with, you beat us, and now the end is near. You'll find what you want up on the roof. And, yeah, these dudes fucked me up pretty good before I knocked them off. But I, I luckily packed some coleslaw and some white meat from the chicken shack <laughs> to refuel <laughs> life for the, the final battle here. And you go through the doors that they came out, and it takes you up out onto the roof. And Simon awaits with a lead pipe. And I got out there, and I had to pause. I was so taken aback because... Is Simon Slick? Who the fuck is Slick? Dude, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I didn't even catch that. Honestly, that's crazy. Yeah, but everything before here talks about some dude named Slick as being the boss, like the final boss. And you actually get out here, and his name is Simon. Huh. What? What's going on there? <laughs> the ball somewhere, and nobody caught it. <laughs> I mean, you know, even like one of the things he says is reference love Simon. You know, so like they put a little dumbass that's not a pun but like a play on his name is in his dialogue so it's not it's definitely not just a typo it's like and it's very calculated so i don't know man yeah it's like I, if anyone knows the answer to that by all means email us as well please because i'm i'm befuddled the roof area looks pretty dope there is a chain link fence background and then beyond that it looks like there's some water separating wherever you're at here and a pretty serious city skyline in the distance too so looks very good and the music out here as one would expect is fucking great so simon's dialogue is Long time no see, Ryan. Remember me? So Ryan's come to pay me a visit. I hate heroes that get all the babes. Make your move. It's just you and me now. So I had to load and do this again to see all the shit talking as I had whooped his ass before he got past his first line the initial time I fought him. So that tells you how fucking easy Simon is. <laughs> you know what's funny though? Like I, I had the same, I had the same experience. Like I, I whooped him so easily. It was like, yeah, that was no problem. But like, I didn't pay attention to his dialogue. But like, the funny thing is, I just have a playthrough up as, as I normally do. And this one, like he actually mentions the Simon Slick thing. Does like com completely different dialogue. Yeah. On the playthrough you're watching. Yeah, completely different dialogue. What like, did he say? <laughs> hold on. So you come out, you come out the uh, the doors, right? You're seeing the skyline, beautiful skyline. It says, "Long time no see. Remember me?" He said, "That's right, your old friend Simon." And then he says, "What? Slick sounds dumber than Simon. Shut up. Your hero types, you hero types, make me sick. Make oh, your." I just blew past it. Yeah, so I'm like, wait a minute, that's. Like he referenced that? That's such odd dialogue, but yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. 
He's like yeah. talking to himself. Like it's weird. Yeah, so yeah, that doesn't that doesn't really answer any questions. It maybe raises more than it answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what? Yeah. But that is a nice little factoid to know. Huh. Coming up with his own nickname. He he was trying it out and it doesn't yeah, yeah, just working through it here, right? At the, at the end of the narrative. It's an interesting time to talk about monikers. But uh, he will if he if you don't he will wall up your ass with that pipe if he connects though so you know he definitely if you if you don't if you let him out of your little kill loop he will he will fuck you up a little bit but I would say generally speaking he could have definitely been harder but when you kill him he says wait Simon says give me a break so you're he's referencing Simon says games which mm, not really mm, I don't like that <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sucks to me but you he he goes on to say you think you're such hot stuff. You haven't seen the last of me, Ryan. I'll be back, and I won't forget this. And then it cuts to black for a little epilogue in the credits. So that is River City Ransom. And we get, before it goes to the credits, we get a like a, kind of a, a short epilogue sequence in the message area. It says, thanks to Ryan and Alex, that was the end of Evil Simon. And it says the gangs returned to class and became honor students, which is funny. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it says Cindy was rescued in time to finish her shopping. And that's the other female gender undermining you've never seen in a million years in a game in 2021. And yes, all was once again peaceful in River City. And then the credits start. And I'd say those are pretty fucking boring and straightforward. There's like just white text center mass on black cards. And there's no name, like no goofy pseudonames or anything. You know, it's just straight up names, which is kind of boring. Yeah. It, yeah, that a let down there. What's that? It's a little bit of a let down there. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it could have like you know. I just there, there's, the game has so much like personality to it. I'm surprised there weren't like you know I don't know little cutaways or just something that's a little bit of sprucing to this to this you know to give you a little more bit of a fun ending. I think you know even the you know the dialogue that like those dialogue things. You know, could have been fucking Cindy and what's her name shopping or something or whatever, you know, something <laughs> some, some right. sort of visual. They're just like the game is our masterpiece in joy. Yeah, yeah. We don't <laughs> we, we need to do no more work here. We've already we've already achieved greatness. So it wraps up with a big the end in all caps on the screen there on a black card and has that dope ass credit song playing that we heard in the first pod break here. And this will go until you power off. Like there's no tapping buttons to go back to the title screen or anything. It will just loop until you turn the system off or hit reset, which is a strong move. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, supports the idea that they think they did good, good job here, you know? So, so yeah, man, that's the one player experience of river city ransom four hours of it. If you actually survived this long, we, <laughs> the, we also did our co-op play that we, we mentioned and we did not quite get to the end, but I don't know. What would you say as far as the two player experience notables go? Is there, is there anything, we played for like two hours in that co-op video, or to yeah, get to I mean, pretty close to the was, ending. It was fun. The fun, the funny thing is, like initially, if you recall, I was like apprehensive about playing it one player because I was like, you know, I I'm still used to growing up and playing this two player. Like that's my experience. Like I, how's it going to be playing by myself? But I had so much fun playing it by myself that I was excited to play two player, and I forgot that you know friendly fire is automatically yeah. on. At all times, like you can't turn it off. <laughs> that's yep. so to me. That's like the biggest like drawback because you have to strategically, like you can't just run in and want to kick everything. Like I gotta hold back and be cautious, otherwise I'm gonna yeah. be kicking you at all times. You know. Yep. Yeah. We even talked earlier, and we kind of talked about like divide and conquer strategies as far as like 
someone taking the top half of the screen, someone taking the bottom, you know. So yeah. you know, trying to put some strategy in it. But again, because of the way the enemies move, man, like you're you know, you're either being useless a lot of the times if you do that, you know, there's just so much yeah. incentive to, to get in there, you know. So it's tough to really execute that plan. Yeah. So like the times I would die would be because I violated that plan because I was just like, I'm backing out of it, but like I, I want to get in the fight, you know, or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> Super hard to resist. Yeah. yeah and even like, yeah, we, you know, we, you know, we, we die, we were dying at those twins basically at the end, the fucking double dragon twins. And yeah. they, and I, we, we, we like three or four times we went back through it. And like the last one, I was like, stay fucking back. I got, like, I yeah. got <laughs> Like I got him in a loop, you know. Like let me fuck, let me get the loop going, and you got up in there, and sure enough, and fucking fucked it up, and they had that one got loose, and then fucking they start that spin kick, fucking yeah. jump kick shit, and your ass is grass basically when and, that happens. Totally, I'm like, no, I must contribute right right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No help left, and then I right. got push frag. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so we never beat them. So we we came like that's it's funny dude. I don't know if I've ever done anything where I came so close to the end, and I was just like, fuck, I can't do it anymore. Because <laughs> when you die at the end, you know, it, like we never mentioned that. I guess you, you know, you die. In any of that, those ending parts, those last few guys in the school, like you have to go all the way back to the mall. So like that means you got to go through the exterior of the of the high school, then go through the gymnasium again, and then back through both those two levels, you know. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you got to kill. Wait, no, actually, once we killed Otis and Tex, we learned that we could just blow past them. So you at least have to do that, I guess, to get back and fight the twins. But nonetheless, it still was, you know, it's not like just going back into the next, the, the boss battle you died in by any length. There's a bunch of bullshit that you have to deal with to do it over again. So, yeah, after the fourth I mean, one, we did it the like, true way. We didn't just rewind, you know, what you could have done. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually I'm surprised we didn't just fucking on the third one or something like, fuck it, let's just stay here. <laughs> yeah, we got jobs like Jab says. <laughs> Yeah, man. So yeah, generally a blast, but I would say in overall probably harder in, in two-player fashion. Even though you would think it would be easier because you'd have, you'd have double the firepower, but exactly nuances that make it harder. Yeah, but more fun because I mean, definitely fun because you do have to communicate, like you said. Like second player can't enter the select menu and all that stuff. Like once they're in the select menu, they can do stuff, but they can't get in, get in and out. So it's weird and quirky. Plus, like when you go into the shops. Like the first player always gets a chance to act first, and the second player gets a chance. So even if like I need to go because I'm behind in money, and you don't need to buy anything, you still have to go and decide yeah. to buy nothing. Although if you're just if you're just like, all right, I'm gonna run to the bathroom while you shop, and you don't right. do anything, I can't do anything. Until right, right, yeah, right, yeah. And also on that same note, though, like you know, we're grinding and like we're trying to get, especially in the beginning, when we're trying to get all three of the books. Like once I got the third book, uh -huh. I didn't need money anymore. We could just kill things and let you take all the money. You know what I mean? So that's like a, a just again like a, a heightened level of strategy too, or like teamwork, I guess. That that's yeah. you know, while subtle fun. So yeah, there's a lot of little little fun things. Yeah, I'm glad we did. That was the first time we, we took the time. It took us a while, of course, wasted an hour of our lives learning we couldn't do it the way we originally planned. But doing <laughs> doing it with video and and you know making that part of the play video was was a, a good addition that I'm glad we got the the framework in place for so we can do that in the future for co-ops. Yeah. So yeah, that video, our our play video, our co-op play video is up on our socials and also will be in the show notes. And yeah, it has, you know, video capture of both of us the whole time playing. So if you haven't figured out who the fuck we are yet by just our voices or have an idea of our personality, you can maybe get a little bit of a, a better gauge of, of uh some of our dumbass bullshit <laughs> by way of that by watching <laughs> that video. It's pretty fun. 
So that is River City Ransom for the Nintendo Entertainment System. That is the Twin Dragons theme, bringing us into the blessing. I wonder what's going to happen here. Yeah, high drama with King Lark's blessing. Yeah, man, there's some dumb shit in there. The accidentally running into things all the time, the opaque direction and need to backtrack, the lack of ability to have any idea what you're buying most of the time, even if you have the Nintendo Power Map and Shopkeep. (laughs) I did not have as a kid, you know, and all those things are frustrating, but it's of course great and it of course gets the blessing and there's just there's so much personality to so many things in there it would be criminal to not hold it in high regard as long as the gameplay was not a trash fire and it's not it's good and even if at times monotonous because it's a fucking beat em up it's still by NES standards in particular fucking great you know the the boss rush at the end is as varied as it could be the set pieces are great here as well so you're kind of you're getting paid off visually for having weather this long slog which this game can certainly be um yeah blessing bestowed now have i fulfilled my beat-em-up quota cachet with you for a while jay (laughs) (laughs) i suppose i mean it would be criminal not to give this game the blessing of all blessings i mean yeah the graphics are great the the sprites are fun like even the animations when you hit an enemy in their head and their hair fly in one direction like it's fun like the story yeah of course it's a story like it just i don't know it's it's complex enough like i've said before that it's fun to beat things up but you also are invested into leveling up your character one way or the other whether you're looking at it stat ways or whether you're looking at just like hey give me more tricks to do more varied attacks like it's just it's a fun way you can play it different ways and of course i mean the music is great yes blessing bestowed word two for two uh, despite little surprise we do kick off 2021 with a bang and and some uh glowing universal positivity so Next up is Game Pro Issue 6 for the upcoming game mag, or game episode rather. But first, Jab will join us to kick off our next side quest series by going through the 90-some page strategy guide of Ultima Exodus for the NES. What have I gotten myself into? Yeah, there's a, I, 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 You know, it's funny, I can't really even say, Jay, but I know it's heavy. <laughs> I know it's super fucking heavy. But uh, there is, there will be a great deal of learning experience aspect of it for me as well, because I don't, I, just, I, I mean, I don't, like, I don't even. There's no way for me to guess like what percentage I might have completed. I know it's paltry, but like whether it's as bad as like six percent or something. And honestly, there's a possibility in my mind that even that is a highball. So you know, <laughs> oh, I, man. I am, I am positive that there is much for me that I've never seen in that game. And I have no idea whether it will be a horrible experience uh, or for us or not. So we shall see. Mm. Subscribe to the pod on a platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery to experience that quest with us, as well as many others and our, our, our usual trajectory of mags and games of the eight and 16 bit era. But you can also please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter. And 
The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or get down this on the subreddit. Uh, there's pretty good dialogue going on in both places these days, which is fucking great. We appreciate that. And there is link uh, to our there is a link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist in our in our uh, in the show notes that has you know our co-op videos and then some of the boss battles that I do. Mine's I don't think I mentioned that, but I, I always put up a boss battle video when I play these fucking game episode games. And Jay, what are your socials? Uh, Gentleman JB without the second E. That is my gamer tag and where you can find me on socials when I do post. And my Instagram is my shift key is broke and my. Twitter is at Josh Follin, and then yeah, my gamer tag. I think it's 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 to two minute Todd. I think <laughs> tag if you want to find me on there. So thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Bye. You buy this baby, and the window cuts from your boy at the counter to some straight up bare ass male rear rear Newton. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>